This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 112, Reaper of Endings. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulbooks2015. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash soulstone. Strap in, folks. This is going to be fun. Nevik. Coming to you from a half-empty bottle of white wine. Lantonio. I found a nice little trifecta last night in uh, Hardcore that I'm hoping makes me loaded. Oh, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Like, you lose five seconds of your life, you wake up. It gives you 38.2 yummies per second, with 13 to 38 yummies and 150 nom nom noms per second. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawnforge pouch, this is episode 112 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is February 17th, 2016, and I am your host, Jen, and I have brought two people with me today, so I don't have a solo show to go through, um, and it's probably going to make things more interesting this way. So let's start off with, we've got um, Lantonio here with us. How are you, Lantonio? Um, not, uh... Too bad. I've been better. I'll explain that later why. Um, but yeah, I, I just made it. Um, I was actually free tonight and I was in my room and I was kind of debating what I was going to do. I was thinking, hmm, Diablo, Hearthstone, this or that. <laughs> and I was like, well, before I do anything, I'll check my email. And um, yeah, it was a show night. I'm like, oh, well, that's in 15 minutes, so I guess I can do that. <laughs> And I was kind of like, ooh, okay, and I noticed you were on here, and our special someone you were about to introduce, and I'm like, well, there we go, now she doesn't have to have all the weight of it on her own, her shoulders, and we can spread the, spread the love a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could come in and do that today, because honestly, I think people are going to get sick of the sound of only my voice on the shows if it keeps going. Um, nah, you're doing great. I've been, like I said, I've been listening listening to all the past episodes and everything, the ones I haven't been able to make, and they've been good. Well, Keep thank me you. Ready? I'm enjoying them. Everything's really good. I think you're doing a very good job for yourself. Probably better than I could do. I was... I kept trying to do that for the last show, uh, right. which thank you for saving me. Um, every single time I planned on doing it, uh, the first few times, it was okay, well, I had to work. I got home really late, and then we got on mandatory, and then uh, okay, so I'm like, hmm, which day will be good to do it? I'm like, okay, well, Thursday will be good to do it. And I go on Thursday, and I don't remember what came up, but busy, busy, busy. <laughs> and then, um, on, uh, what was it, Monday? Is it Monday now, or? It might have been. Yeah, because today is Wednesday, right? Yes. And it would have been, so it was either Monday or Sunday, whichever day it was now. I can't, for some reason, the life of me remember. But, uh, yeah, I just had to go out of town for a little bit. Well, you know what? It was Sunday, because it was on Valentine's Day. And to my surprise, uh, everything was going good that day. I was going to come home, and I made a little promise on Twitter. Like, all right, promise, for sure. I'm going to get the show out tonight. I have it on my schedule with nothing else to do. Well, on the way home from 
shopping for a couple things that day uh, for not only uh, Valentine's Day and actually my anniversary was this week on the 16th for five years as well. Um, not a marriage, but we've been together five years, you know, so and might as well be married for us too, the way we are. <laughs> but everything but the paper, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, to my surprise, I looked up or in front of me all of a sudden on the interstate a car was spinning out in front of me um so to make a long story short i got into a decently bad uh, car accident so really like the first one that i've ever been in like you know while driving and stuff but uh unfortunately or fortunately nobody really got severely hurt um myself i had to you know, go to the go to the hospital and get checked out. Nothing major, but uh, what happened was um, car in front of me. Uh, for some odd reason, uh, people like to switch lanes, like for no reason and for absolutely no good reason at all. Uh, this person decided they wanted to go from the right to the left. Well, on Sunday uh, where I'm at, it, there was a really really bad snowstorm. And, uh, of course, the roads were slippery, ice, and usually, you know, on, like, the interstate, for, in for instance, where I was, uh, both lanes have, you know, the tire marks are nice and clear because there's a lot of traffic and everything like that, but, like, in the center is where all the slush and everything gets kind of pushed up to it. So, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're changing lanes and you cross over, a lot of times you'll hit it at the ice patches or this or that. Well, I'm guessing, and by the way, they explained what happened when it happened is they went to change lanes and when they hit the ice patch their car immediately uh, just started spinning out they tried to get themselves corrected and you know it was a young uh, driver unfortunately unexperienced and she uh, um, she hit the um, snow and when she tried to correct herself it just lost control of the car and the car literally started spinning left so if you imagine I was uh, coming up on the left side of the road um, probably going 60 miles an hour or whatever and uh, she was on the right I mean what she was gonna do is you know was pass the car in front of her that was going slow so she went to the left and spun out and I didn't have any time at all or any possible way of avoiding the hit it'd be like if you were driving next to someone they literally turned into you I mean there was nothing I could do about it all I could think was slow down as much as possible and make it as, as the, the accident as much better as I could, you know, if you can really say better, you know, because getting in an accident's bad either way. Um, but I did have my dog with me, so, like, my in my mind, my first thought was, like, to grab my dog so she doesn't go flying through the windshield. And, like, I grabbed her with one arm from the passenger seat and then, like, basically tried to brake and I held on. Well, I got, when I ran into her, um, the car kind of like flung left or my car kind of like flung left and I instantly noticed like through the rear 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 view mirror that you know the truck behind me was going to hit me as well so I kind of got like hit started spinning left and then I got hit in behind and started spinning right so I got really whipped hard one way and then like inertially hit back the other way like instantly you know so it was like bam bam twice and I just got what, whipped one way and while I'm still feeling the pressure of getting whipped that way I got whipped the other way and that that stunk <laughs> then not to mention I'm spinning and spinning and spinning and I'm trying to stop myself from one either getting hit by anybody else or um, 
falling off. I happened to be, we happened to be over like a small bridge and that was going over uh, another road. So when you got past the bridge, which is right where I was, there's a big old hill uh, to get down below that bridge, you know. And my front left car, when I finally got our tire, when I finally got stopped, was like hanging over the cliff and the right tire was still on it. And I had like witness or whatever that was coming to see if I was okay run up to me. And once he noticed I was conscious, he asked if the car would drive, move at all. So I pressed the gas and turned it to the right to pull both tires on before it would like roll down the hill or something. Because I didn't want the car to like start tipping enough where it would roll down, and then I'm gonna the car's gonna roll and be even worse, you know. So right. mm -hmm. luckily I had enough grip on the right tire to pull my, and I was over enough still to pull myself over. But basically I stopped just in the nick of time um, when it comes to that, not rolling down the hill or going into the ditch. So yeah, I ended up pretty much totally smashing in the front end of the car. And then I got, you know, um, kind of hit decently hard in the back. The guy tried his best to stop too, but with... With the ice, if you slam on the brakes, you just go sliding. You won't do nothing. But even if you try to slowly pump, right. it's mm -hmm. just too little of space to not hit. Um, so I got, that was, you know, a lot of excitement. I turned my um, day, I think it was like noon. And by the time I got home, after all that excitement, um, it was probably, <sighs> I, I shouldn't say home. I should say I got home and then had to leave again to go get checked out by the, at the hospital to make sure there was nothing I didn't realize because I thought I might have a concussion or something so they had to check me out but by the time I got home it was like 11 o'clock at night so I was like oh no not another day of missing it like all I thought about seriously I know it's weird to say and but like was missing the show again because <laughs> you know, I like wanted to do it really bad and I kept like feeling like I was just making excuse that excuse and then I was talking to you while I was playing literally on my hospital bed playing Hearthstone on my phone mm -hmm. and you happened to be on <laughs> right I was playing D3 and I saw you got on and I knew you weren't in D3 I'm like he's playing Hearthstone so I figured I'd say hi and see if yeah okay. I was playing Hearthstone and you were like I'll take care of it I'm like thank you <laughs> yeah because I remember yeah. now you recorded on Monday so it was definitely Sunday but yeah, yeah. so that mm -hmm. was yeah it was just was my secret excitement that happened and um, you know there's some other details along the way um found out that you know not only did the person what do, you, what do you call it not only did the person hit me from driving simply but you know I come to find out that uh, they're also under the influence of certain oh, certain no. things as well so now I'm really not at fault <laughs> and uh, so basically I have you know doctors and now I gotta talk to lawyers and stuff and the only thing good that might come of it is, you know, a nice settlement because it's not my fault. I mean, I need to get my car back. I, uh, you know, got, obviously, like, I didn't think, like, I'd have any, like, traumatization from it. But, like, the next day when I actually got in a car, I actually did kind of noticing myself. Like, every time a car is going by, you're, like, worried it's going to smash into you. You, like, think about that. So, like, a small PTSD almost, you know? And yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, that's and understandable. Uh, it's kind of like my fear of heights. Like I've never tell myself to be afraid of heights. Like why I can go up, but the second I get to the top of the ladder, my legs are shaking like uncontrollably. <laughs> but uh, that happens yeah. too with some people. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see. But uh, yeah, um, the worst injuries I got is basically where I the seatbelt hit me, which luckily I had the seatbelt on. 
Um, if I didn't, if I would have thrown through the uh, got thrown through the windshield, but uh, it hit me really hard, obviously, and left a big mark on my uh, across my chest where the seatbelt was, and the collar kind of got sore. Mm -hmm. But you know, I don't have a good back; I have back issues, so that kind of flared that stuff up. And then the worst part of it, though, is say like. The actual the day of it, I wasn't really that sore. The next day is when I was extremely sore, but it tends to happen. Yeah, it's kind of like working kind of out trauma. when you get a lot of stress on your muscle and then it tightens up the next day. But um, the whiplash right. in my neck the next day was like so severe that I could barely move my head. It hurt really bad. Oh, that was gosh. probably the worst part of it. It uh, I mean it literally just felt like my neck was tied. And like a huge knot, and if you try to look down or up, you better just move your eyeballs and not move your neck because it was pretty painful. So I had to put a bunch of ice on it to try to loosen it up and everything. But and you know, then now today it's not nearly as bad after today, so that's been a couple days now, so I'm you know, feeling already better and everything. But now it's just a headache from dealing with all the insurance and adjusters and all the fun stuff, right? But, Right. Uh, you know, I got the lawyers and all that, everything I need. That's all in motion. So we'll see what happens. I guess you know, I'm hoping that at least, at least I get you know what I lost. You know, taken care of. But you know, right, so. right. Well, I'm glad you're okay, and I'm glad you're here with us tonight. And it, I'm I'm glad that you explained you know what happened to everyone because I know last show I was just kind of like, okay, Lantonio got in a car accident, but he's okay, <laughs> and that was like all I yeah. had, you know. <laughs> So at least now our listeners will understand, you know, what had happened and gone on. So before we get too far into the show, I want to introduce a special guest I've brought with us today, or brought to our show today. Some of you may know him from other podcasts, some of you may not, but I'd like to introduce Ro. Hi, Ro. Hello. And all I can say is, Lantonio, you really should have tagged that shield pylon before you got into that accent, and everything would have been fine. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you came out of it all right, though. I'd listened to the last episode and uh, heard about, you know, just the, the brief version of the situation. So I'm glad you came through it uh, relatively okay. It could have been much worse. And uh, thank you, right. Jen, for inviting me and having me on. It's, it's a pleasure to be on this show. I've listened to Shattered Soulstone for many, many, many moons. I remember you at one point um, in the past, first thing I was thinking of when uh, we were talking about having you on the show was a while ago, like right before or maybe right during the start of Reaper of Souls, I think you did a parody of yeah. uh, Let It Go, yep. I think. That was Diablo-based. I remember that. I'm like, yeah, this is a person that yep, loves the yep, game. Yep. <laughs> so those were good times. I've, yeah. I think that's the last parody thing that I've done regarding like a Blizzard game in some time now. But uh, I, that definitely was a memorable one, to be sure. It was. It was really well done, too. Um, now, if you want to take a minute, I know some people who are listening know who you are, but mm -hmm. others will not. If you want to let them know what you do in podcasting. Sure. Uh, so I go by Row. I'm also known as Brian in, in my offline life. Uh, as far as Dawnforge podcasts go, I was the co-host on All Things Azeroth for about 100 episodes or so uh, a couple years back with Medros. And... I have been doing a podcast called Realm Maintenance, which started out as a podcast that informed people about all of the other World of Warcraft podcasts out there, because there's a ton of them. So, it was kind of like a, in a way, a TV guide channel type of thing, except in podcast form, so people could find all the WoW podcasts that are out there. 
Well, as the months and years pass and my love for uh, Blizzard games expanded beyond just World of Warcraft, I decided, well, you know, I'm going to change Realm Maintenance up a bit and have it be a podcast about all the podcasts for Blizzard games. And when Reaper of Souls actually launched was the time that I did a feature on Shattered Soulstone. And that's basically why I've still been doing now for about three and a half years is doing this podcast that runs usually about 40-45 minutes and I'll interview a different podcast each week that's covering uh, one of the Blizzard games out there. Uh, usually it's World of Warcraft or, or Hearthstone, that some of the bigger games out there. Every once in a while uh, I will tackle the, the lesser games out there, but for me, Diablo is a game that I play every week. Uh, almost ritualistically on Tuesdays, I will get together with a friend of mine. Uh, her name's... Uh, uh, she's known on Twitter as Smexidon. Uh, she's also the co-host of a podcast called Saturday Morning Wow. And we will, every Tuesday morning or afternoon, just spend two to three hours doing riffs, uh, greater riffs or regular riffs, and uh, just working on seasonal characters. So... Diablo is a weekly routine for me, and I'm I love the game. Awesome! It's always good to have someone on that loves the game, you know. <laughs> and I knew you did, so that's why I brought you. Were you a uh, Diablo? Um, um, just real quick, Diablo one and two fan as well, or? So my Diablo history, I remember Diablo one vaguely when I was very uh, much younger than I am now. <laughs> Uh, I remember playing Diablo at my friend's house uh, a little bit here and there, but I never played it start to finish. When Diablo 2 came out, I played that start to finish and also played Lord of Destruction. I was very much a Spirazon fan, mm-hmm. uh, and then Necromancer, once Necromancer was available. But yeah, that, that's that's basically how my Diablo history has gone. I really don't remember a whole lot of my time playing Diablo 1 and 2 as much, but Diablo 3, just because it's more recent, of course, is really uh, stuck in my memory. Um, My most fondest memories of Diablo 2 would have to be the first time that I beat Bale, because he just seemed like an impossible boss to solo. And I was determined to do it solo. Everyone else, I remember that everyone else I knew was saying, oh, group up with people, group up with people. It's like, nope, I got to take this one-on-one. That's just how I am. Like your first time through? <laughs> Whatever or? works. Uh, yeah, the, the first time through, I wanted, to, I wanted to solo bail because I felt like doing it with other people felt like cheating. Yeah, for sure. Because I thought I was letting other people, uh, basically, if you soloed it, then... His attention's very much focused on you, whereas if you have multiple people, then there's other people taking damage and being able to dodge stuff and all that, so it just felt like more of a challenge to solo it back then. Oh yeah, when I first time I ever went to Diablo, Diablo 2, I had to play it um, I was online, but I played it solo uh, the whole way through, and uh, wait no, I played offline first because I didn't have the mm-hmm. internet yet that could support it, but um, yeah, I right. played all the way through, and <laughs> The whole game was extremely hard. I remember I would ha- I would go through like every single map, every single edge of everything. Like in a, if I find a, uh, like a dungeon, go into that, clear the whole map, and then do the middle. You know, I do all. I'm a, a would clearer. you spend hours farming up rune words? Um, I, when I played offline, I didn't really do anything with rune words or anything like that. I knew nothing 
really. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a, a young kid. I didn't go online looking at builds or anything like that. I, I got into Diablo strictly just loving the game. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, played Diablo 1 for a little while. Um, if anyone remembers my old history when I was first started on here. Uh, and then Diablo 2, when I got into that, it was it's already been out for a while. Because so, I was young. It took me a while to get the money and get the game and stuff like that. But I, I, re- I remember I was offline playing for a long time because I'd clear everything. I would go through, like a necromancer, I think my first time around, and I'd go through, uh, actually I don't even know if rune words were available offline yet because I had like no patches or anything either. But everything I used to beat, the, to beat it the first time around was just straight items I either found that were already unique, but I never made any rune words to go with the game, I don't think. I would save everything, but I never was, I didn't like crafting before I got online, I didn't, because I didn't really know what I was doing and stuff like that, but I remember it being very difficult to beat the game the first time through. I totally agree. I mean, I don't know if it's that we just have so much more experience under our belt playing uh, games in general, or if it's just because the way uh, game design is nowadays that they're trying to make the game as approachable and accessible to a wider audience, therefore the overall difficulty uh, curve isn't as doesn't have as high a a bell curve to it as it were um but i I just feel like games nowadays are are easier to get through from beginning to end and if you want the real challenge and stuff like that that usually comes in like bonus activities optional stuff end game what we got with greater rifts and now and so on it'd be really interesting to see what Diablo 3 would have been like difficulty-wise if it had come out just, say, two or three years after Diablo 2 instead of 12. You said you never got all the way through Diablo 1. Do you kind of remember, like, where you got to? Because that actually was one of the most difficult games that I had played you know, at the my, time. My most, solo. my most memorable part of Diablo 1 was encountering the Butcher. Okay. That's yeah. about the That's only a, thing I remember from That was a scary part. One. Yeah. I um I played Diablo one for more hours than I think was maybe healthy. Um, <laughs> I was actually in college when I started playing Diablo one because it just come out. It fit on my machine. It was my favorite game right from the start. And man, that first time the butcher pops out that door is scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really is. It's like scary. And so yeah, that's definitely something people remember yeah. from the game. And I know I completed the game with all the classes and just kept going. And there was an expansion way back in the day, and I had yeah. that too. Sierra's but, Hellfire. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it was it was just a lot of fun, and I mean that was like that was the first game Diablo One was the first game that I spent like all night playing, mm-hmm. often, <laughs> you know, and I mean I was I was in college and uh, shortly after college and all that, so that shows I'm probably a bit older than y'all, but that's okay. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that because you guys always everybody always remembers the butcher because of like you know he come out fresh meat and he was just a very aggressive attacker, but. Like me, the reason I remember it because I, when I started playing Diablo, I was really, 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 really young, and it just was mm-hmm. on uh, my like uncle's computer, and he wanted me to check it out because he thought it was a cool game that I'm like. And at the time, I was just like a big Mortal Kombat fan and pick up and play type of game. I didn't wasn't really into the whole you got to spend a lot of time on a game. So like my time on Diablo would be basically I would just have enough time while I was visiting my uncle or staying over for a night to like 
get down to the butcher and play him and like that would mm -hmm. be my Diablo experience. I never really got very far until I got the game myself and realized how much more there was to offer. Like I thought that was like far in the game and that was a cool accomplishment and stuff beating him. I remember how many times like I never could beat him when I was when I was little because I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't know how to build a character or anything like that. So I was just like a little punk playing the game, you know and. Uh, I just like remember doing it so often and having a blare that when I'd be ready for him to come out, he have his door and he comes out fresh meat. His voiceover was like so <laughs> low and creepy, and then he, you know, unlike all the other characters, you can't run away from him because he was so fast and he just got that cleaver, pa 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 pa. So that's why it was so nostalgic when, um, when the butcher came out in Diablo 3 at the as the act 1 end boss cuz like mm -hmm. I had I didn't spoil it or anything I had no idea the butcher was going to be the end boss of act 1 so I thought that was just so awesome it's such an iconic character. I mean, all of us, like, we're sitting here going, oh, no, the Butcher, and we're all, like, yeah. you know, scared. And yeah, he's, <laughs> you know? he's and we're like, all, the like, first mini-boss of the game, too. He's not even anything. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you fight the Skeleton King first, but it's not as bad a fight. Uh, yeah. Skele you know? I can't remember if Skeleton King is... Wasn't it It, it depends on how... Well, there's different... It depends on how you start the game, because there's different modes. Like, oh, you, can yeah. start, you can play the game and not even get the Butcher. Or, you know, because usually you either get the Tainted Well... Or you get the butcher class. Sometimes you, you can't. It is possible to get both, but then you can also get the skeleton king's class. Like it's honestly, I think skeleton king is one of the more rare uh, ones to get. Because out of all the times I've done playthroughs, I rarely ever end up getting uh, the skeleton king quest, um, or I miss it, or somehow like that. But I'm usually a clearer, so if it's there, I usually should get it. But yeah, then you should have. Okay, so maybe it isn't that but, way, but yeah, that's it's interesting that we all kind of had the same reaction to the butcher right. back in the day. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and the only other thing I remember um, that creeped me out about Diablo One was there was um, I, I, most you guys probably remember that Adria was in the game. She's yeah. off to the side, mm -hmm. and she had a little hut, and you would buy like scrolls of portal yeah, and all she that. She was from a her. magic person, and, basically. Um, Grizzled was right, and yeah, and Grizz Grizzled was your yeah, like so your warrior stuff, your you know your armor and your mm -hmm. weapons, and then Adria was like all the magic stuff, your scrolls, your spells, your staves, and your books and all that. Right, right, and um, so she would have like all the characters of the game would have you know like Diablo three has. You talk to all the NPCs and you get some more of the storyline, and um, there was uh, this one point where it was before like I knew I was going to end up beating the butcher next because I played the game so often. I knew that had to be coming up. And I went and talked to Adria, and she was mentioning some, you know, uh, storyline stuff about the butcher. But the game glitched, so with her creaky voice, she kept saying the butcher over and over <laughs> and over. And I'm like, turn it off, turn it off, you know. <laughs> so I, mean, I remember that. That was. Or like, was she uh, already trying to get inside your head, <laughs> showing her yeah, evil exactly. ways years and years before she actually deceived you? Exactly. Well, it kind of felt like it at the time because it was like 2 a.m. I'd been playing for hours. I hadn't had enough sleep to begin with. And it was just like creepy, you know? You know I just did a run through, through, anyway. through Diablo 1 uh, a few weeks back. And I just remember it's like, I remember it being extremely difficult. But after just knowing what I know how to play Diablo now, it wasn't nearly as hard. Um, when I first started, I was trying to debate what kind of character I wanted to be, and I remember out of all of them, and I have Hellfire, so I had the Monk available as well, but uh, mm -hmm. I have sitting there debating what to play, and I know I decided I was going to start a warrior and a mage, and kind of just see which one goes faster, because I did remember one of them I could just 
Watt was really overpowered in Diablo if you knew how to work spells mm -hmm. good. I think it was um, like the first couple levels and like getting to the butcher was is difficult with the sorcerer. But once you get past that and you have a few um, uh, spells in your book and stuff and a few levels, you basically just walk through. Cause I got I got down to uh, Diablo with the warrior and it was just ridiculously uh, kiting people back and forth because you always you just get spanked mm -hmm. by all those hell Hellcat witches and stuff that shoot you know stuff at you consistently. I mean in that in that game. You want to talk about difficult. They blast at you. You go into a room and you have 20 billion orbs coming at you from areas you can't even see. So, like, getting up to them is extremely hard and stuff. And, you know, it's like two, two three-hit deaths or one-hit deaths sometimes, depending on how much health you got and everything and how you built your character. But then I remember playing the, <clears throat> excuse me, the source. And if you get Apocalypse spell... You're basically set. Uh, it's the spell that pretty much kills, and if, depending on how much spell points, all that good stuff that you got, you you pretty much you you put it off, and everything's dead like instantly. And I got even like to Diablo, and I remember that was just played it with the warrior. I'm like, wow, this is gonna be so hard. And I think I had to cast my spell like three times, and Diablo's dead, along with everything around it. So like. AOE is very important when you get to the lower levels of Diablo, so if you want to challenge, play the warrior, but when it comes to uh, the source, it's like no challenge because of um, having ranged attacks and everything, which is really what's against you once you get down to Diablo. And there's not much like uh, resistances to, to certain guys once you're down there, so it's, it's pretty easy to just destroy everything. In Apocalypse, I don't think even gets affected by resistances, so it's just like boom, 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 they're dead. <laughs> Depending on what level <laughs> what know. level you have, but it, I don't know. I always say to anyone who wants to play a good the good story, there's a lot of good story in that to listen to. And if you like the Diablo three story and you never played Diablo one all the way through, it'd be really fun to go back and <laughs> it's, I always recommend people go back and just play it for the story. If anything, if you like lore, it's awesome. Uh, there was Dia a lot in that. Diablo was... 3 story. <laughs> yeah, Diablo... Diablo uh, we'll be, Diablo, we'll yeah. be talking about Diablo 3 story, I think, a little I th bit. I later. think I remember... I think yeah, so, you know too, what? I'm yeah. remembering that, Ro, you were definitely the, the Kane story hater, right? Or the manga uh, lover I, I of one was, of the two? <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, I, I no. wasn't a big fan of how Deckard Kane met his end. Yeah, me neither. And, I think a lot of people and, But I mean, all, all things yeah. told, that was nothing compared to the end of Reaper of Souls. But we'll, we'll get to that a little we'll bit later. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll bring that up later. Yep. So since we've been talking about all the old versions of Diablo 3, maybe we should talk about what we're doing in-game now. Yeah, there you that go. might be a good idea. <laughs> talk yeah, about Diablo so, 3. Uh, Lantonio, what have you been up to? What have you been up to since you've been out of the hospital? <laughs> well, I actually haven't played uh, Diablo 3 itself for a couple days now. But the last time I really played, if you guys remember the last show I was on with you and Brasia, we I had just mm -hmm. talked about mm -hmm. the the Thorns build I had and how uh, much I liked it and everything was going pretty good and I was going through T8 really comfortably and everything. Well, after the show mm -hmm. that night, um, I got on. And I was doing a bunch of riffs and stuff, and I think I was doing like uh, probably greater if I don't know 35s to 40s around there, somewhere around there, just to you know get upgrades and more gems and stuff like that, and you know just having fun. Well, I decided to I needed to do farm some uh, bounties, and I was doing. Uh, T8, like, just breezing through it, so I went to D9, T9, and I was going there pretty comfortably, 
Well, I just wanted to get as many. I was being greedy, and I wanted to get as many. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Act specific uh, bounty. Um, what are those things? Crafting materials that you get out of the ca caches. Oh, mm -hmm. So you know, I right. thought, well, I'm gonna go see if I can do torment ten. I mean, I'm clearing torment nine pretty easily, so I really shouldn't have a problem with torment ten. And when I got into ten, I really didn't have any problems. I was, you know, I was pretty much smoking everything. I did uh, all of Act One, like all of Act Three, and then my next act, because I, you know, followed the bonus acts, was Act Five. Well, I had done everything on there, and the last quest I had was uh, Adria, and everything was going smooth, like getting to Adria. You know, it was kind of tough. Every, you know, a little bit tough here and there, but nothing like super dangerous. Well, I'd heard that Adria can be really tough. But I thought, you know, if I'm beating everything else, none of the other bosses really gave me, that I had, gave me any trouble so far. And I'm just like, hmm. And I really thought about it. And, well, I clicked on it. Okay. And I get in there, and now I don't know if there's anything that Adria has to do with uh, when it comes to immunities for... Uh, thorns or if she has like really high reflex damage or what the heck was going on but I could barely hurt her right off the bat and I couldn't believe it like I instantly knew like okay this is bad bad news right and you know it's right. my uh, main character I just I actually I just got like a pig sticker that was uh, uh, an ancient and it was just rolled beautifully I had a, a Ramlai's gift that I just spent on it you know Basically, I'm just getting my build to just really start getting good, right? Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, I've never lost a... Because I only play hardcore, by the way, and I've never lost a right. max level character. Um, so level 70, once 70s came, I've never lost past 70. Or um, especially a main, right? Mm -hmm. I've lost characters below 70 and on the way up to 70. And, and back when uh, Chocolate was out, I... Uh, <laughs> I lost like one level 60 in hardcore or something like that. But ever since 70, never lost one. I've had a lot of close calls. Well, as soon as I realized I couldn't hit her, I got scared. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? I could kind of kill those little blood guys, but they were getting so... starting to get so many of them. Well, I just said, okay, well, I'm just going to have to go face on her try to tank her. Because I realized, okay, I'm not getting out of here. If I sit... For 10 seconds and try to get out I really don't think I'm gonna make it um, thinking back I might have been able to but to make the story a little bit shorter uh, I basically knew as soon as I got in there I'm either gonna get out of this by the skin of my arse or I'm going to die for the first time and I knew this was gonna be a death that was gonna be my own fault wasn't gonna be a DC and I was like already ashamed before it even happened well, I had, Aww. I had, uh, I did have my cheat deaths on. I did have profit on to be safe, and I mean, I went to go face on her, and I almost instantly procked my first cheat death, and I was like, "What the heck, man!" Like, I, she made me feel like I was like in T10 when I should be in T1, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" and uh, so I put, you know, Akarats on, and, like, I was getting, basically getting one hit by her. Every time she'd actually get a good hit on me, I was getting one hit, which I, I really 
kind of almost felt like the game was messing up, but, you know, that's just me being mad. I doubt it was. Or, like, my thorns weren't procking good or something, because, man, I got spanked. So, once I realized I had no chance of, like, killing her, my next thing was to try to escape. So, every time I escape, of course, or get a move over to a new area, one, there's either uh, blood things hitting me so I can't teleport, or two, there's her, she's teleporting and hitting me. You know, and if I'm already low life and stuff, her teleporting, she hits me, I'm just going to get hit again and die. Well, I thought to myself, what can I do? I'm like, I can't. If I pull the plug, I'm just going to be dead when I come back. So, I just, I tried running away and hitting the health ports as many times as I could. I, I actually got my proc to reset, but she came at me. I started going, going, going. I don't even think I got her halfway down, and I just couldn't do nothing. And I did lose my character um, for the first time. It hurt really bad. And now I have to say, I know what everyone feels like when um, they lose their character. And wow, this is why I don't play hardcore. <laughs> well, you ha this right here, <laughs> you have to. Is why I don't play hardcore. But I under, yeah, I understand it. But you have to, if that's what it's all about to me. Like, yeah, I've never lost a guy, but now that I've lost my first one, like I finally get to experience what it felt like to lose it. And yeah, it, it hurts, but man, like even after I got it, died, all I wanted to do is get another character up to seventy. Um, I was actually kind of disappointed in myself that I hadn't had a backup ready to go. I had a lot of backup gear, uh, but the only thing I kept thinking of is, man, it it does kind of stink that it was my guy that I got my uh, my free set out of, because now I have to like find that set, oh, you know? Oh no! And I just got all like I just spent probably four hours leveling my gems up to twenty five, right? Which you know, none none of it's that big a deal. I you know, playing hardcore, that rush of being afraid to die is the whole thing part of what gets me into liking Diablo so much so yeah I don't know why it's the only thing that really teed me off though is not understanding why I couldn't hurt uh Adria um if anyone out there probably knows like yeah Adria's got this wrong with her or Adria's tough like this or that you know I've always been warned Adria can be a real you know real yetch but <laughs> um I don't uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't believe it and I just thought hey I'll take my chances but I figured I died nobly. I tried to go into higher. I, I, you know, I did a challenge and I beat everyone that came at me. And I, when I got to her, I just I got spanked. So, um, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. So time to try again. So you know? I got another. I did get another character up to seventy, though. I just made another crusader and um, did a female crusader this time. Got her up to seventy, and with all my backup gear, so I have a ton of like every other set but I only didn't really have many invoker sets so I decided you know what I got almost the entire set for the blessed hammers so I was going to kind of go that route um, but I haven't really figured it out yet because I don't have like the gear to back me I got like ha all the stuff that I really had is all like uh, thorn style stuff and like now how I understand to play my crusader was like all thorns so I was really confused on like how to move on or if I should just start at like a torment one and just start to try to get an invoker set again and play more thorns or if I should change but that's where I've been at I haven't had a ton of time to to play the the new character but I say half of it has been the saltiness of dying and the other half has been time but I, I'm I'm still getting back on when I can and trying to get back into motion now I know I had said to myself like because this is what I like about seasons is that 
you die and now that you know seasons are going to be probably like three months whatever that's really not that much time in between right you know if i don't get time to play or if i don't get a guy started back up i'm not going to try like i'm definitely not going to play any more this season now where i'm like trying to get my guy super powerful or worried about ancient items and stuff now that i've died what i'm going to do is just explore other builds to see what i like and just have fun and once they're kind of built check them out if they're not that tough move on and i can like play other classes and stuff because I figure my season five is now just to have fun with, instead of worry about trying to boast. Because I already lost my guy. I figure if like how I'm gonna play is if my first guy dies, that's really good, has all kinds of good stuff on him, then the rest now is just playing for fun. So I'll try like doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. Because if I die, I'm like oh well, you know. Maybe less stress. You know? Right. So I'm not mm-hmm. gonna make anything all. Oh, this guy is my my all end all be all. You know, <laughs> so, but yeah, it kind of stunk. It still hurts. I, I, you know, it's my first one though, and uh, I think I was taught. I, I had told a few people. I think I jinxed myself. I had a few people that were dying this season and everything. I know a lot of people had switched to softcore this season because like DC's last season, mm-hmm. and I kept saying, "Yeah, right. well, I, you know, I've never died and stuff." So, um, I still playing hardcore, but I go. I think I probably ended up jinxing myself, you know, because I just got done saying it to you guys on the show, and I just got done talking about my whole... I mean, if we went back and listened to that episode, I just got done talking all about this character and how I like him and how I'm doing good and and got all this stuff. And I remember, like, actually, I think it was during the show when I found that pig sticker, too, that I upgraded in the cube. I think you're right about that. It's right at the end, end. so Mm -hmm. I got to use it for, like, an hour you know, I was all excited about that, and I'm like, ah. So, I don't know. I've got a lot of thought to how I want to do it. It definitely makes you want to play softcore because of not dying once you have all your stuff. But, eh, I can't quit just because I died. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I think you're too into as you as you put it the rush of almost dying in hardcore. Mm-hmm. You know, to to give that up entirely, I would think. One thing I uh, I know for the future is that if I ever get into a situation like where like I know I can't beat this boss because you know you can't just like teleport out at a boss, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to immediately go to the other corner and I'm going to hit exit game and if like I just can't exit without dying or something, I'm going to like probably just pull the plug on my computer and see if I die when I if I'm dead when I come back. <laughs> because I think I actually might have had a chance with all my cheat deaths if I just did it really quickly. If I got, because I think, okay, so I get a cheat death for the passive on the um, on the Crusader, and then you also get the one if you're using Profit on Accurate, which gives you I think three, it's either like three seconds of immunity anyway. So if I can get down to like five seconds before I start getting taking damage, and uh, then you could probably get out alive, but I don't know. It, once once there's blood things all over though, and they're hitting you, and you're getting spanked around, uh, you're done for. So my advice would be to anyone if you if you know you're 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 stuck, just either exit game and hope you can make it through that 10 seconds, or or go go to the face and try your best, which is what I ended up having to do, and it didn't work out. So. <laughs> Well, at least you, uh, at least you didn't quit entirely, which you know some people can do after they lose their hardcore. I know people get really upset yeah. about that, I got especially my... during a season, yeah. you know, where you're like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I got I had uh, that same night. I had my next guy up to seventy. I, uh, 
I started doing it on my own and then uh, I forget who was with me or who popped on and noticed that I died and then they since they were on the power leveled me up so it didn't take too long to get to get to 70 it was rather quick actually I died at like I don't think it was like 11 p.m. when I died and I had a character at 70 by like midnight so that was awesome and then I just put all the gear I had and see how difficult what difficulty level I could play just doing random stuff and not being all linked all my gears like totally unlinked together I just have like totally random stuff you know mm-hmm. and right. I can do like mm-hmm. T2 T3 no problem so I figured oh that's good enough to start farming but I definitely am not going to do the farm enough to where you know I gotta go crazy farming for hours and hours to get all the stuff to get all the best stuff again for the best build you know I just want to have fun with it because I I can't I, I'm I'm so terrible at staying sticking to it when it comes to oh, do a thousand rifts to get your stuff in a row or being um, efficient I spend a lot of time in town I mess around I like to change it up I go from this to that I gotta stay fun because I just can't do the same thing over and over for so long and be super repetitive i gotta change it up like i like to tech i go out and look for like the staff are hurting or something for something to do eventually you know <laughs> i think i uh-huh. if i i, I think on uh on um non-season I, in my non-season stash for i think hardcore now i probably have like six or seven staff of hurtings and then softcore I have a few as well because i like to do it every season <laughs> it's just because i get bored and want something to do and i actually kind of like whimsy shire going in there for fun every now and then it just you know, just doing the random stuff, doing the Ubers, whatever, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do, you know? There's a lot of stuff I've not done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, uh, Ro, what have you been up to in-game other than not playing hardcore? Uh, <laughs> other than not playing hardcore, so I have been playing seasonal. That's mostly what I've been playing. Uh, when a new season comes out, I'll play my non-seasonal for a little bit just to see uh, how much more OP they are after the changes they made. But lately I've been really focused on seasonals, trying to get the seasonal objectives done to get the, uh, the Wicker Man pet. And I played a Demon Hunter this season. Uh, the interesting thing about the Demon Hunter is if you use the Demon Hunter to get your you know, your six-piece set bonus from uh, from uh, the, the gifts and all that from stuff. Hadrig, yeah. It is... Hmm? From Hadrig. Yep. With Hadrig's gift for the uh, Demon Hunter, you get the the Shadow Mantle set, and what that set does is basically allow you to play a Demon Hunter without using a crossbow or a bow. Uh, it actually promotes using swords or daggers or melee weapons, and the the six piece set bonus for it. The bonus, I believe, is something like your impale now does sixteen thousand percent weapon damage. Yeah, so it basically so turns basically, you into a god the second you get the six piece set. I, well, uh, yeah. yes and no. I don't know because I don't play it, but I, like everyone I know that started the Demon Hunter was at T ten rolling face like within the first day. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I remember Nevik. I saw <laughs> I saw Nev like. By like day two or three, it already was like face clearing T10, had all kinds of stuff. I was like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, I can imagine some people getting the T10 pretty quickly. Now, I only play maybe roughly a total of three to four hours total per week, so I'm not playing in anywhere near as much time as other people are. Yes, yes. Uh, right now, I'm safely farming anywhere from T6 to T8 content. 
Uh, Greater Rift wise, I tend to duo Greater Rifts uh, with uh, my friends Mexican, and we've been doing Greater Rifts around you know uh, mid thirty, mid to upper thirties, and I'm I'm happy I'm happy and having fun doing that. The thing is, is that uh, one of the objectives for the season four thing is to complete a set mastery dungeon. Right. So I figured, well, since I have the full set of uh, Shadow Mantle, let's try doing the Shadow Mantle set mastery. And with 200 Paragon levels, I got my butt handed to me. And I think it's not that stuff killed me. It's that I couldn't meet all the objectives. And it's probably because I wasn't understanding how to let the objectives qualify without like breaking up. So like for uh, Shadow Mantle set mastery... You have to have your impale proc 45 times in a row on different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you basically have to hit uh, 45 different things with an impale. Which means that if you hit something with an impale and you throw another impale and it hits something you've already touched before, uh, it's going to break your streak. So when you run into things like... uh, elites and stuff which have multiple high hit points that aren't necessarily one shot after you throw an impale they can basically break your streak and cause you to fail the dungeon right and then there's a uh, a second uh thing you have to do when using your your shadow power ability to slow things down so i haven't quite gotten the knack out of uh working the the set mastery dungeon just yet i need to do a little studying up on it and seeing if there's a a couple pieces of gear that i should be using that will help me out on that but uh, the, the funny thing is I've been playing Shadow Mantle uh, Demon Hunter for so long this season and I was just getting ready to you know uh, start thinking about hey maybe going Torment 8, 9, or 10 mm-hmm. and I had an ancient uh, bow drop that was the I think was the Leonine bow and the amount of damage, because I hadn't had an ancient weapon up until that point, so it's the first ancient weapon I got this season. And with a gem, with a crit gem equipped, that thing would give me a 40% damage increase as far as the stat sheet goes. Uh, of, of course, the impales are doing a whole tons of damage because of the set. But now I'm wondering, do I want to stick with doing Shadow Mantle, or do I want to try doing some archery type stuff? Do I want to try running like... Uh, the unhallowed essence set build. Uh, do I want to? Do I want to go multi-shot crazy and and do one of the other builds? So uh, I'm at a little bit of a crossroads where I'm wondering if I want to remain being a ninja or if I want to bring out that Leonine ancient bow and uh, wreck some faces with multi-shot all over the place. Yeah, I, I've noticed exactly had that same issue because when I was doing my invoker set, like you need certain things to run thorns, right? But then you get, like, mm-hmm. something really awesome that would work with something else. Like, I got something, yep. like, really awesome that would work for, like, hammering it or, like, a, like, blessed hammers build. So what I did is I put that aside, and instead of, like, messing with my main guy, I always, when I want to do another set, I just make another character. Uh, of course, I don't have, like, a ton of characters already made, so I got plenty of room because I just, like, delete my characters and save maybe one guy or something when a season rolls over, so I have plenty of spots. But I don't like to switch gear around and switch my guy and kept keep messing around with what was what and trying to remember what was what. So I always just have like another guy build. So when I get those cool items, I'm like building 
uh, even though I'm building my set and playing uh, like a Thorns build, uh, I'm along the way since I got that cool stuff and I just don't want to throw it away or waste it. I just start building another character or the same character, like another Crusader with that gear as well. That way I don't kind of sit and you switch around everything. It's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, I recall, man, and I almost wish I had the, the link to this to put in the show notes so that it could be included later. Maybe I'll figure it out, uh, find it later. But, uh, Riker, a uh, well-known YouTube content creator yep. for Diablo, he had a YouTube video up about uh, five ways to make Diablo 3 better. And he made that not too long ago. And one of the things he talked about was an idea that I think was suggested by Monstrous, I want to say. Uh, but basically the idea of, of having an armor rack that would allow you to easily uh, switch from one build of gear talents and stuff like that and quickly switch to another yeah kind of um, like so using that the you cosmetics. wouldn't necessarily have to roll up two characters right like kind of through the cosmetics and there was a little bit something similar to that back in d2 like you could hit uh w in d2 mm. and switch between at least you couldn't not a whole gear set but your you had two options for your weapon and shield or weapon and weapon where you could swap it. So, like, back in D2, you had, um, let's say you're playing a Barbarian, and you have uh, two weapons, or you're dual-wielding, right? And then, but then you get somewhere where you need defense, you can hit W, and it'll switch it to your yeah, opposite set. That. You could go sword and board. Yeah, and yeah. then you could go, like, sword and shield or something like that. And then, before I forget, because uh, I want to comment on what you were talking about, you said how you... Uh, Remember when we were talking about how people are in like T10, but we only play so many hours. Like you said, you play like two, three hours a week. Yeah, I noticed that uh, when I had started, I was kind of like three days into the uh, season or so, and I look and I'm like, wow, man, I've been playing what I thought was quite a bit, and you guys are like doing T10 already. And I ended up looking at my profile sheet, and I, you know, I got six hours into the game. And I'm at where I'm at, and then I realize, holy smokes, these guys got like 60 hours in already. No wonder they're so much farther ahead of me, you know? Oh, yeah, like yeah. I don't really think there are people who really, there are people who really, really, really love Diablo. There are people who play Diablo the way uh, I know a lot of people who play Hearthstone or play World of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, for some people, Diablo is their jam. Diablo is. I their definitely game. love Diablo so enough to put that much time into play. it, but I just haven't had that amount of time to put into it. You know, <laughs> See, that's that's right. the other thing is being able to have the time to put mm-hmm. into that. Not everybody does, yeah. but I do think that there are probably a lot of people that when the new season starts, they have like days off of work scheduled mm. so that they can like play for 60 <laughs> hours straight or something close sure. to it you oh, know for sure um, did that in yeah. season three <laughs> yeah so i mean i think that happens and i think that's part of what you're uh what you're um referring to with that but yeah i've i have noticed that everybody was in like t10 right away and i'm like okay <laughs> you don't realize <laughs> you know? they already have 80 hours into the game you just think like okay well there's been two or let's say a week into the week, the game or the season's been up for a week, and I've thought I played a lot, but I have like ten hours in, and I feel like, oh, wow, we're a weekend, you got this far, but I don't realize that they've gotten uh, three full days worth of actual gameplay. So they have, you know, uh, forty-eight hours of gameplay or sixty-something hours of gameplay, 
in the game. And there, it's not just that. Mm-hmm. There, there are these people who who will play like that. Uh, a lot of these players have the initial leveling the 70 process down to a science. There are oh, spreadsheets, sure. which I, th- I think you mentioned uh, such a thing on a previous episode of the show. Uh, there, there are spreadsheets that tell you exactly, you know, where to go, uh, what place to go from this level to that level, when you should uh, buy this certain gear to improve your character, and just kind of a step-by-step yep. uh, layout of exactly what to do to get to level 70 as fast as freaking possible. Exactly. And so you can get the 70 from a fresh seasonal start. It's possible to get the level 70 within three and a half to four hours if you know how to do it right. Oh, yeah. Myself, it took me, I think, seven or eight. Yep, I, I played solo. Um, my, my first character getting up to 70 was solo, and by the time I was at 70, I was on six hours in, but it probably mm-hmm. took me between four and five because, uh, I, like I said, I spent, I'm not efficient. I spend a lot of time messing around in town and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm in hardcore as well, but uh, I see guys at level 70 by, you know, three hours in, which is easily done, and I get how they do it in Diablo because they have a four-man group, and they just go, go, go. They don't worry about making stuff. They just worry about their levels, you know, but me, I, I don't really get into that too much. I just, you know, I play to have fun, and I spend a lot of time in town checking out my stuff because I like to switch it around, and I, I waste a lot of time. A lot of these guys are really efficient, and they just, you know, they go, go, go. So right. you can and definitely Jen do that. Has, and Jen has her own pace, and she's quite happy with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me I'm too. probably slower <laughs> than everybody else, you know? But Honestly, me and you probably play me. around the same pace. I mean, I might be a little bit faster, but for the most part, I, I just, you know, I go to town when I want to go to town. I'm not worried about, you know, being in and out. You know, I pick up everything still. I sell it when I need to, blah, blah, blah. You know, I... Just take my time. I do that too. Yeah. yeah, I do that, and I clear everything. If I'm playing solo, I'll clear everything and just find out what's out there. Do you smash every box? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know when I, when I play. Half time the reason I play solo is because when I play with a group, I either get so far behind that all I'm doing is picking up loot anyway and catching up mm-hmm. to them, or I'm so far behind that I know whenever I start a season group, everybody's level seventy. Like I know in season three, I did a tried to go fast and. Uh, my group was level 70 when I was level 63 because I could not start a, at the exact same difference. time, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. a huge difference at those mm-hmm. levels. But I, I don't care. You know, I, I'm still having fun. I'm not worried about being there. I'll get there eventually. That's kind of where I'm at with this because with me, it's like, especially lately, like it's pollen season again. I'm on a lot of extra drugs trying to breathe. It's not always, you know, efficient, especially if I'm playing hardcore, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be kind of loopy and make a mistake, that kind of thing. But um, I do tend to go slow. I tend to go over every little thing when I'm playing solo. Um, when Sean and I play the game together, um, we tend to, you know, want to clear everything and do all that. So that works out as far as that goes. But yeah, when I've been in other groups, I'm always way behind and, you know, <laughs> and I get to the point where I'm just running to keep up and not really picking up anything or worrying about it, you know, but anyway, um, so Ro, did, did you, uh, have everything you wanted to say about what you've been up to or, cause if you did, if you're, that, that okay. pretty much sums it all up and, and just by, by cheating and taking a, a glance at the, the show notes here, it doesn't feel like you're that far behind me actually. It, yeah, I was just, I was noticing that as you were talking, I'm still trying to get through the season journey. I'm still trying to get through, uh, chapter four. Um, I think last time I was talking about progress, I hadn't made much. I've gotten a little farther. I've got three things I need to do to finish the chapter journey. One was um, to complete a solo Greater Rift 20 
money, which gives you the last two pieces of the Hadrix gift, which gives mm -hmm. you the full set. So I had that uh, holding me back from doing anything else. The next one is to complete the set dungeon. And then the third one that I'm still stuck on is trying to get enough of level 70 legendaries to actually fill out my whole character, you know, <laughs> to get that done. Mm -hmm. I'm missing, like, I think I'm missing a ring and pants or something like that. And, like, Kadala's just not... Do you have not, enough you know, crafting materials to upgrade a rare item in the cube? I might. I'll have to look at that. Because you could try doing it that yeah. way, because if you do the rare upgrade recipe, which I believe is like uh, 50 of each basic thing, and then I want to say like... 25 of the... 25, 25 Death's yep. Breath, yeah. maybe? 25 well, Death's Breath the... and 50 of the other basic ones. I think I have the right. Death's Breath, but I don't have the other ones yet. But, I mean, I could do that, you know, because <laughs> so I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, that'd be an easy way to get a legendary <laughs> for those slots. It may not be the best legendary in the world. But that's right. fine if I'm just trying to complete the objective, you know. And Kadala's yeah. been helping me out a little bit, but she stopped. Yeah. So, you know. I, just went to, like, I remember when I got there, I just went to Hadrick and crafted two, like, basic things just to put on and then took them right back off. <laughs> See, I was looking for that, but I don't have... I haven't gathered enough of... Um, uh, the crafting books for Hadrig for him to be able to craft me one of those yet. Right. So I've been really unlucky with that. But I figure, you know, I'll get there eventually with that one. With the Greater Rift 20, um, in pre like the, the previous season, I think the highest I got was Greater Rift 16. You know, so I was like, how am I going to get 20? You know, it took me at least four tries on different nights what to try to get this going. Again? Sorry? I'm playing a monk. Oh, okay. Because I think with the, if you have the four, the four piece, Mm -hmm. And as long as you have the four piece and a couple other, you know, just your basically other at least items on your other stuff, you should be good enough to do a greater if twenty. And then because yeah. once you uh, get that too, and you while. get the six piece, you'll you'll just start smoking through the rest of it. So. There was definitely a difference after I got the six piece, but the the Greater Rift twenty took about four tries. Finally got that, so then I had the full Hadrig's gift, um, Monkey King's garb set is what they're doing for monks this time around, and uh, then I had to go figure out. Okay, I knew where to go within uh, Leoric's. Um, uh, I forgot the right word. The new area, you know. I knew where to go to find the little podium that tells you, okay, this is where your your uh, your set your dungeon. set dungeon will be at. And I found it before I'd even gotten anywhere. Like I don't think I even had half the the gear yet. But um, so I found it. I figured that was going to tell me something real clear, and it gave me this like cryptic little clue. I'm like, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I didn't know that's how it was going to be, and like mine was. Uh, uh, you'll find me near the edge of a town that is dying or something I'm like well the only real town is tristram and then you know a long road uh i made the mistake of going out the road and like going into the game i wasn't at first smart enough to think oh duh, you can go backwards for where you first start oh right and then, I, yeah. then i went up on that hill and i found it and i was like oh man i had it down the whole time that it was outside of tristram but i just went the wrong way you know? Yeah, see, I can understand because the one, the clue I got said something about Pinnacle, and I'm like, okay, that's Act 4. Yep. Right? And I couldn't remember exactly where it was, and you can't go directly to the Pinnacle of Heaven because that's the step right before you fight Diablo. Mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't just bounce into that easily if you haven't gone through story mode in your seasonal character, which I had not done. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm running through the area before. it's uh, I can't remember the name of that area, but I'm going through there, and I'm, like, getting beat up and all this. I'm like, you know, this is kind of a hassle just to get to the set dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was kind of annoying. I'm like, could you make this any easier? You know, and I was running around in there, and I'm like, okay, 
okay, I'm not sure where to go. I actually got out of the game and went looking up stuff online to try to figure out, am I even guessing right? You know, right. <laughs> is this the right place? <laughs> and it turned out it was. I finally got through that area, got to, um, you know, right where, you know, you, you're about to fight Diablo, you go in and it'll start that, you know, boss fight. Um, you have to go off to the side, and there's nothing in that corner that you can see that indicates there's a set dungeon there. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to walk over here and see what happens, and then the set dungeon appeared. I'm like, right. okay, it's I'm in the right place. It's translucent at first. Yeah, well, it's dark in that corner for right. this one, so like, you have to pretty much be on top of it before it's there. So if I didn't look it up, I, I'd you know, be wondering if I was even in the right place still, so that was kind of like, all right, whatever, I found it. And I can't get through that dungeon to save my life, man. Well, you Not know what at it all. says complete? Um, I don't uh -huh. think you have to beat it. You just have to uh, complete it. So even if you get all the way through it, but you fail one of the parts, you still get the uh, uh, check mark in your uh, quest because I didn't beat it, and I got the um, I finished the chapter four before I actually mm -hmm. fully beat my dungeon. I went through it. But, oh. like, I failed one of, like, the last quest where you have, like, so much time to clear the rest of the dungeon. I, f right. I failed that because I was going slow at first and I didn't realize what was going on the first time. And I still got the completion. Uh, so I think as long as you just go through it, take your time, and you do it, even if you fail one of the quests, you still get the, get it in the That's chapter. not the case for this dungeon, though. That's not the case for the Monkey King's Garb dungeon thing. Yeah, because each... Each dungeon has its own mm -hmm. different rules. Right, different quests. I know because right. mine was kind of weird. Uh, I know I had to kill the elites or the elite champions um, mm -hmm. with with Iron Maiden running as well as Consecration and uh, or Iron Skin and Consecration, which could be a little bit difficult because one of them would run out before the other one or right before he would die because just the thorns weren't proccing quite quick enough. So you had to make sure that you timed it just right and they were on they, it was also on the consecration as well as timing it right as well as not running out of uh, the seven second iron skin <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot in it and with this one like I went in I didn't really look up any details on this dungeon I just thought I'm going to give it a try and see what happens and thought maybe it'd be more fun that way um, it's been frustrating because um, <laughs> when you go into this one I can't remember the name of the skill but you have to start that skill within like five seconds of entering the dungeon and you have to keep that skill going the entire Epiphany time you're in maybe? there. So, um, no, it's not that one. Oh. It's uh, Sweeping Wind or something. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But it's one that, like, you do that one and it, it produces a proxy that will, like, this little gold figure that will kind of, like, get in the way of the enemies for you. That's what the skill does. So, um, you know, I got in there, wasn't aware of it, was just looking at the objectives, and it, it this thing pops up that says I've already failed. I'm like, well, I've been here four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Plus, you, know? you realize that it's not, the difficulty isn't based on where you're at. So you can go in there on normal, and it's, mine seemed like it was about as hard as, like, T6, T7. I think. Yeah, the the set dungeons aren't, uh, they're not equivalent to whatever difficulty you have the game set when you go into the yeah, set dungeon. Yeah, they're independent. They're independent of that, so I wasn't worried about that so much, but the problem I was having immediately was like, okay, I've already failed this dungeon, I guess I'll just see what happens now, you know, because <laughs> it's already a failure five seconds in, and um, so I, you know, the other problem with that is if you don't hit that skill right away because you didn't know or you weren't aware, the other problem is getting from the start of the dungeon to where there's actually monsters to hit, because it'll like it'll deplete your um, 
your, uh, I want to say mana, that's not the right word for monks, but it'll deplete that for spirit. you right away. Spirit, thank yeah. you. Um, and if you don't have any monsters in the way, it's just gone. It's like, I haven't figured out how to make that happen yet. Uh, you um, probably some have of the to other use, ones... like, quick dashing strike with Quicksilver so you can shoot ahead really kind of fast. Something like that. I've got some speed going with, um, I was using, I can't remember what I was using. I was using something that gave her a little more speed to, to, to run on, but it was just, it's a really, like, you got to get that perfect right away, you know, right as you start the dungeon. And you got to keep that up the whole time, which I can't do. And um, because I'm, I feel like there's not enough monsters, you know, right away. Like they should have moved them up a little bit more, you know, but anyway. And yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm sure there's at least two or three people that have created guides to these masters. Oh, there is, there is, YouTube. yeah. But that said, I want to try to discover and figure out the answer for myself. Right, yeah. I know, when I, I got mean, that, the clue for mine, uh, I was playing it with some of the guys, and they're like, oh yeah, you gotta figure out where it's at, it can be anywhere in the entire game. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of a hassle and uh, yeah. they're, they're like uh, oh well you can just go online and find it but I didn't want to I wanted to find it myself and I already kind of had an idea how, based on the clue you know, like I said it's in town on a road to a dead town mm -hmm. or a dying town and I'm like I think I'd rather figure it out on my own and I my first guess I had to be I ended up being <laughs> right I just went the wrong way you know and then I eventually yeah. I found it when I got lucky I found it on accident because I started a, a, a I went into um, what do you call it uh, campaign mode to get uh -huh. to the beginning, and that's when I realized, wait a minute, this road goes back this way, so I went back into adventure mode, and there it was. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, the, see. the funny thing, the funny thing about my finding the Mastery Set Dungeon for Shadow Mantle is uh, I didn't even try to go looking for it intentionally. Mm. I was just doing bounties, and Act 5, I had a bounty to kill Malthale, so you have to go all the way to... Uh, to Pandemonium level 3 and I entered Pandemonium level 3 and just inside the entrance a green portal appeared and it said you are deemed worthy I'm like oh <laughs> guess, guess that's where my set dungeon yep. is okay then. <laughs> wow that's really random to have that come up like that yeah, you know, I had I had to like go look online and figure out I guessed right but I didn't, wasn't sure didn't quite make it through but anyway so I don't know I was I think I was like Paragon 60 or something like that when I went in and I thought, maybe mm -hmm. I don't have enough Paragon, you know, because generally in a season I'll hit 100, and that's about where I stop, you know? And then the it season's sounds done, like, so. It sounds like that dungeon, what it, what's asking you to do and what you were talking about, sounds like you, you would benefit from having as much movement speed as possible. So right. I know that once you hit Paragon 200, you're able to max out at least one of your categories in each tab. Right. So once you hit Paragon 200, you'll be able to max out the movement speed bonus, and maybe that'll help some. Yeah. It might, but I've never hit Paragon 200 what in a about season, and I don't think I've hit it otherwise. You so. probably will be um, able to this season if you play, because the leveling maybe. just goes so fast. I mean, I was Paragon like 160, 180, or whatever I was extremely quickly, and I was only playing solo. But what what uh, what skill does the set that you get from Hadrix boost on the on the monk? It's that I think it's I think it's called Sweeping Wind. It's that one. Right. Boost that one. Okay. Because I'm so not one hundred boost from yeah. that. But I'm yeah. not one hundred percent sure like, which one it works. If it helps out Tempest Rush or if it helps out uh, like Quicksilver or Dashing Strike at all. Because I know those will help you like port really fast up to where you need to mm -hmm. get to be if you use that. Like I know. Because right. isn't it dashing strike that you can click and it'll put you it'll pull move you real quick real to the, far to ahead? The target, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that too. But like the other problem I was having is um, I was using the ring that uh, spawns uh, those lunatics. 
forgot Nagle what ring, that, yeah. that. Yeah, I was using that, right? Nagle. So yeah. one of the things you have to do with the set dungeon is um, you have to use the sweeping wind. I think it's. I'm guessing that's the right name of that skill. I may be wrong. Um, to you know, create the little proxy thing, and then your proxy has to hit 20 uh, monsters at the same time within six seconds. Okay. But if your lunatics are killing things, then for it doesn't you. work, right? So, um, <laughs> you might want to take that off times. so that they don't proc. I did. I actually gave it to my uh, Templar. You know, so now they're all around him instead of around me, and. Um, I, I keep killing my Templar in there, you know, <laughs> so it's like... I, need I think I would just and... dismiss my follower for that one. Maybe, I don't know, I'm still, like, playing around. Like, I've switched, like, um, skills I was using, I've messed around with the few Paragon points I had, you know, to try to see what I could do. And uh, you also have to kill a certain number of monsters, which if you get all the way to the end, you're going to kill them. And you have to complete this, like, within a certain... I can't remember how much time, but I... It's like three I, or four minutes. It's like four minutes, and I'm yeah. getting there around seven, you know, and, like, the big bads in there, I, it takes forever to kill, and I'm like, okay, I think my problem is I don't have enough Paragon to, like, make this functional, you know? Mm. So from there, I just figured, all right, I'm just going to go do something else, so I figured I'd try to do some of the um, seasonal achievements, you know, with the rifts and stuff, and I went through uh, Nephilim Rift on Torment 5, and I got the Rifticulous achievement, you know? And it was interesting, because I forgot that was the name of the achievement, but I, I got through the, the Nephilim Rift on Torment 5 pretty well until I hit the boss, you know, <laughs> and um, the Rift Guardian, and it was like, I, I'm glad I was playing softcore this season, because I just kept dying over and over and uh -huh. over, and it was... Um, Which uh, one was it? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Orlash, I think, where he spawns several minions, you know, of copies of himself, and they all shoot fire. Oh, it's like the mini Diablo guy, right? Yeah, it's kind of like that, and yeah, uh, so I mean, I... Sure. Yeah, and I got to the point where I just, like, was running out the dungeon door so that I could, like, get in town and heal and come back kind of thing, you know? And, um, because Nephilim rifts aren't timed. So I was trying to do that, and I'd yeah. come back, and, like, sometimes I'd come back, and there'd be four of them, and I'm like, well, I'm done. I die instantly. And sometimes I'd come <laughs> back in, and the entire ground was covered with these little gold slimes that he's, like, producing. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. And then I finally get through. After I don't know how many times, my armor went all yellow, the paper dowel popped up. I'm like, this is, okay, I should not be doing this level with this <laughs> character right now. And you know, I'm like, this was just ridiculous. And then Rifticulous pops up. I'm like, maybe that's how it got its name. Going back to your set dungeon real quick, though, Jen, I, don't, I, don't, mm -hmm. I, I honestly don't think you have to... It's your Paragon will, I mean, yeah, it'll help you to get a little more moon speed, but I, I really right. think they're expecting you to probably... Just by if since how far they are in there, because I know mine was kind of farther in too, but mm -hmm. I just had to get hit by certain things. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that if it's something to start with that, that they're making you... Like I said, I don't know the class's skills that are right. on the set, but I'm guessing it's either wanting you to use that skill for dashing strike or um, I forget which hit it is that you can kind of pour it up to the player that's a, a main skill. Um, I think it's called like, what, like Thunder Claw or Thunder oh, or something yeah, like that that makes you pour it to the character. And... Because it I shouldn't matter what, what Paragon you are because, I mean, you can get your movement speed up there if that's really a part of it, but I mean, honestly, I've always actually kind of felt like anything over 12% movement speed, unless you just get it from Paragon anyway, is almost a little overkill. It really doesn't that make, make that much a difference in how fast you're running. It just doesn't feel like it. Well, what I did was I switched um, some skills and right. things like that so that I'd have more 
uh, it would generate more spirit, so it wouldn't run out as quick. Right. Um, so I kind of figured that out, and I know there's a cyclone uh, spell that will like pull the enemies towards you, so you might get 20 at the same time. You know, yeah. but you got to do it five times. And uh, there comes a point where if you've gone through a certain number of uh, of monsters killed, that you can't get 20 anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's, you know, and I haven't figured out quite how to kill the uh, big bads in there um, quicker, so anyway, I'm now at Paragon 80, and uh, If you want to trying. look at a... Are you, are you wanting to figure it out on your own, or are you willing to look at, like, a template? To... Oh, I, I've been looking things up, and I've been seeing things, like, that's how I figured out the Cyclone thing, right. but I'm sure some of them are like... If you look up, uh, just look up someone completing it, and just watch how they mm -hmm. did it, and it'll probably give you an idea, like, what skill base you choose, because it almost well, see, seems like they expect you to use these certain... Like, every one of your skill tabs should be a certain thing in order to beat these dungeons, pretty much. It's right. a specific things they want you have to use, pretty much, so as long as you but know what I'm skills or passives to use, it'll probably just, you know, make it a lot easier. I'm seeing different skills, though. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't looked at closely, you know, so I think people are doing it in different ways. And I know, like, one of the things that I saw when I looked up something was... Um, that oh you should take you know take these legendaries and put them into the cube so you can use those skills and I'm like I don't even have those legendaries yeah. in this season you know so that's right out and a lot of the rest they're like 800 paragon points you know yeah well, so I mean that's you, can, plus, you can contribute that a lot differently of it has to do with and, the you know. extra there's who knows maybe one of those extra um, items that aren't on the uh, what do you call it one of those extra items that aren't a part of the the set. Um, let's mm -hmm. say that you have like all six pieces are included. I don't know what the pieces are, but say like bracers aren't one of those set pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that bracers allows you to do something that you need to have with the skill to make it easier too. Like uh, oh, it if you wear these that, bracers, yeah. you'll generate more spirit plus run really really fast. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that out there. I just got to see what I have and what I can do. But it was just kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> that's great. It was hard to get to the to the uh, dungeon. When I got there, it's like, okay, I can just turn the uh, difficulty level down and get through the dungeon you know, quicker to get to the set dungeon itself, the portal. Mm. Um, but the rest of it, I mean, I do think that perhaps they weren't expecting people who were under Paragon 100 to be trying these dungeons. Right. You know? I don't think that was entirely their plan. <laughs> you know, I may be, like, kind of an outlier. They probably were assuming I'd be, like, way higher Paragon by the time I got there. Um, I don't know. I know most people easily hit 100, and with me, that's probably the highest I'm going to get is thereabout, you know? So, I mean, it's... I know there are difficulties here that most people aren't facing <laughs> because of the way I play, but... Um, Once you get it was to just kinda, you know, doing, like, T6 or higher, you're going to... Your Paragons are just going to fly... Yeah, I mean, I did get, you know, when I got between 60 and 80, that went pretty quick because I moved up the difficulty. Right. But, um, I think the most frustrating thing, though, is that if you go in and you haven't, like, gone online and looked at different guides and looked up the objectives and watched some videos or whatever, you can lose that, you can fail that dungeon within the first three seconds if you didn't happen to hit that skill. Right. Exactly. At the right time. You know, you hit the wrong button or whatever. I mean, that's kind of frustrating, <laughs> you know? Um, and I don't know. I think it's possible that I'm going to have to well, I'm going to have to be able to kill all the you know the right number of uh, monsters under that four minutes, which I'm not doing yet. If I can achieve that, maybe that'll be enough, you know, to complete the set dungeon. But we'll see. I know you don't have to. I I, I know that there are several objectives, and that you're not required to get all of them just to complete the dungeon. That that's for mastery of the dungeon. Right. But 
Anyway. Maybe that's yeah, what I did so. earlier when I was saying you don't have to actually beat it. Maybe I had a completion, but I didn't have a mastery or something. Right. See, I think that's possible, you know, because I think what they wanted was to give you a way to complete it and then also still use the dungeon and not be like, I'm done. So you could try to do the mastery, you know, stuff of it. But anyway, that's where I'm at <laughs> this week, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go into the Audible ad because we do tend to do that in between here. So if you want to get started at Audible, you can get a free 30-day trial and one credit to use on any book of your choice within Audible. And to do that, you can go to bit.ly slash soulbooks2015, and that'll get you started. Um, and it's they've got 180,000 titles. There's only one Diablo book in there. It's um, The Order, which is a very good book. Um, but beyond that, you know, you're kind of on your own. So if you're someone who goes through a lot of books and is interested in things beyond Diablo, you'll find plenty to check out at Audible. And again, you go to bit.ly slash soulbooks2015 to get started with your free trial. And that brings us to the tweets, and we have three. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think it's because I just recorded a show a couple days ago. It's all right. And it just went live, like, yesterday. <laughs> we, had almost, we got about an hour and a half worth of a show already just getting through that, so that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, three's pretty good. Um, so, let's see. We can all take one tweet. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sure. take care of the first one. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, the first tweet this time... Or this time comes from at Kurova. He says, At Shatterstone, reached Paragon 200, farming T7 rifts, having a great time using Firebird, etched Sigil, and a two piece Telrasha. Cool. Glad you're having there fun. There is nothing more satisfying than using. So, this is what I've been doing on my uh, non seasonal character is using that etched Sigil and the shoulders and uh, new pieces of gear in 2.4, which. Uh, make channeling spells a bit more powerful. And I I think he's doing the same setup that I'm doing more or less, where he's using Disintegrate to basically burn all the things with his Firebirds and then causing either Meteors to rain from the sky or Energy Twisters to appear because of the Yet Sigil going off. Sounds like a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's <laughs> like it's one button casting three or four spells at a time. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Mass destruction. Sounds yes. good. It's that a beautiful like thing. <laughs> All right. So I'll take the next tweet. It's from someone new, uh, Forda Horde, at Forda Horde 2, 4-D-A-H-O-R-D-E 2. So I'm guessing this person plays WoW as well. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so this person tweeted, at Shattered Stone, just bought Diablo 3 and Reaper of Souls. For a new player, what class do you recommend guides you recommend. So I have a couple suggestions as I was putting this into the show notes. I was thinking about it. Um, first, you should follow the at Diablo Twitter account because when there's new stuff coming into the game, Blizzard will make a guide about you know what's coming or what to expect in the new season or things like that. So follow them and then you'll see when new stuff pops up and can check it out easily. And then Battle.net in the Diablo section, actually Battle.net actually has a very detailed game guide to get you started. And it goes over classes and, you know, different stuff in there. So that's a good thing to browse through if you're brand new to the game. Um, and then Reddit Diablo. I am not really a huge fan of Reddit, but I like Reddit Diablo. They do post guides from time to time. And right now they've got one for new players called Commonly Asked Questions and another one called Season 5 Mega Thread. And then Diablo Fans has a lot of uh, guides as well. So that's what I would suggest personally. Um, do you guys have any other guides you'd want to point them towards? Um, when it comes to guides, I don't really know a lot of the websites and stuff. Uh, one of the questions that I could ask for him is like, 
he says uh, for a new player what class do you recommend mm -hmm. and a, a lot of that for me would have to do with how do you like to play are, are you familiar with rpgs or are you not if you're not it's kind of a hard question to answer but i mean if you liked playing a char character in other games that are similar to this if you like shooting from a distance or do you like being right up in front of someone's face where you just you know get up there or are you someone who likes doing spells are you someone who likes uh bows and arrows like i personally don't like using bows and arrows in games i don't really care i used to, i used to really not care for spells that much i like them a little more now but um, when other games similar to this are like the past yellows i really like summoning stuff so uh the witch doctor is you know what i'd recommend but that's me um if you want a class i think that's easier to start out with just like if you've never played anything i'm going to say like this is your first game ever uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with uh, the same thing you'd recommend jen and say the barbarian because it, it's just a really easier like in my opinion it's an easier class to get going and that's you know if you're not really 100 percent familiar with how to like synergize skills and do all that stuff um i would use a barbarian it's a lot of you know just pick up the store and, and smash you know it's pretty yep. self-explanatory stuff the things. <laughs> um, but what i'd recommend too is don't worry about jumping in and trying to be the best or this or that um if i were you if since you just bought Diablo 3 nrs and you never played it at all go in start campaign play through yourself figure it all out go slow don't worry about being the best or anything like that and then after you play uh you know the campaign and get everything checked out for yourself then go and start looking at builds and doing seasons and playing more online with people or you know it just kind of depends on your experience but I'm, I'm i'm going as if you have never done it at all i would say grab the barbarian as for you know for my recommendation grab the barbarian get onto uh uh what you call it onto campaign um one thing i recommend right off the bat is uh, go into your options and turn elective mode on so you, that basically just means you can put your spells wherever you want and that's just going to make it a lot easier for you uh, but basically you know just try when when you level up as you level up you'll get different uh, spells and different um, uh, what they call runes in this game but you'll get different uh, what do you call it things to do so, um, not, what's another name for spells uh, abilities you'll get different abilities and just try it as you go see which one you like whatever works for you and then you know pick up everything read it if it's if it's green it's good to begin with you know and just kind of think about it. don't try to think too far ahead just kind of play with it as you go and as you get it and it's i mean you start out normal don't try to start yourself out too difficult or anything like that and you just, it's you're honestly you're gonna learn the way you like to play as you play and it's gonna come pretty natural this game is pretty easy to pick up and um you know at least while you're on normal and stuff to just pick up and kind of start figuring it out and you'll get you'll get into it like that you know that's that's how i would say is the best way to do it yeah and i think with the barbarian at the very least um you have enough hit points and you're going to get gear that'll you know your survivability is a little bit better than maybe like a demon hunter or something like that right from the start so it'll give you the opportunity to like get in there figure out what these different monsters do figure out what the different apexes are without dying right away yeah, but having a strength-based class to start out with is definitely what I'd recommend because uh, with the strength-based class, you're going to get your armor and stuff, and it's just strength and vitality. It's going to all help you with survivability right off the bat where you don't have to know how to kite and you don't have to know how to do three things at once like you do with certain range classes and stuff like that. So 
I mean, that'll, it'll, I think it'll just help it be, you know, pretty easy to get used to. Ro, did you have anything you'd want to add into that? Uh, just basically, on your journey from 1 to 70, do not worry too much about trying to figure out what is the best build, what is the best setup for your character, because quite honestly, uh, the game really changes, at least from my perspective, it really changed once you hit max level. Uh, once you hit max, uh, max level, you're going to be doing a whole bunch of different things. You're going to be trying out adventure mode, you're going to be farming for crafting gear, you're going to be doing rifts, and all these different endgame systems that have nothing to do with the 1 to 70 experience. So yeah, do the campaign mode, go at your own pace, do what's fun, do what's comfortable. Once you get to max level and you really want to kind of explore and see, you know, what's the best build, uh, which way should I take my barbarian or my demon hunter or my wizard, whatever. Uh, at that point, I, along with all the other places that, that Jen mentioned and stuff like that, I'm a big fan of, I think I mentioned him earlier, but I'm a big fan of Riker. Uh, he's spelled R-H-Y-K-K-E-R. Uh, go to YouTube, check out his videos. He has um, one video in particular called From Beginner to Expert, The Ultimate Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls Guide. That might be a good place for you to start. He does a whole bunch of videos also on... Uh, specific builds, and since we are in patch 2.4 right now, you might want to look specifically at his videos that say like 2.4 wizard or 2.4 barbarian and so on. Uh, so that's one uh, content creator I'd say to check out. He puts out some really great stuff out there. And yeah, just most importantly, go at your own pace and do what feels fun. Uh, if the best build out there does not feel fun for you to play to put out the maximum dps then don't do it try something else because uh i have found quite often that usually the builds that are the most entertaining and fun for me to play aren't always the ones that are going to uh torment 10 speed farming and, and greater rift level 70 or 80 i'm usually finding the stuff that that i like to enjoy doing is kind of more middle of the pack and that's fine with me it may not be fine with you i don't know but do what's fun for you that's a good way to go. Would you like to take the last tweet there, Ro? Uh, sure, it's just a follow-up from Karova saying, At Shattered Soulstone, really appreciate at Queen of Haiku doing an episode and even the lore corner. It's always nice to get positive feedback, especially when you do a last-minute solo show. You know? <laughs> <I told> you <laughs> on you the day after good. Valentine's <laughs> Day, even. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was Valentine's Day. Oh, it was, well, it was on Valentine's when you recorded it, yeah. Yeah, I did record it on Valentine's Day, like, at the last minute. Um yeah, unexpectedly, so it's nice to get feedback that at least somebody out there liked it, so that's good to know. I told you we were doing a good job. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> Alright, so we're at the point in the show where I uh, remind everyone that we do have a Patreon, and um, so we're running a Patreon campaign where you can help support the show. You can become a patron of the Shattered Soulstone by going to patreon.com slash soulstone and making a monthly pledge. Each and every pledge really is greatly appreciated, and we will try to make the show, you know, keep going and add new things and, and make the show better and grow the show. So if you're interested in doing that and can help us out, we would greatly appreciate it. It's at uh, patreon.com slash soulstone. And we don't have emails today, which I'm not very surprised, because like I said, I just recorded a show a little while ago. So <laughs> I'm sure that the emails you I've read You emptied out the show, mailbag rather I well. I did, yeah. <laughs> there was like two of them, and that was fun. And so I don't even know if the people that have... Uh, 
you know, written the emails, have had time to listen to the show that's been just released the other day. So I'm not too worried about the emails at the moment. Um, so to move on, I think maybe we should get into this thing we alluded to earlier. Ro, you had a tweet that you put out today regarding the storyline of the game. Yeah, so uh, one thing that's been kind of a thing for me with Diablo 3 is as much as I love the gameplay and stuff, I've found that certain elements of the story have been lacking. Uh, Before Reaper of Souls came out, I was huge on just being outraged at how they treated Deckard Cain and then the and way we should uh, probably stop here yeah. really quick because I know we just had a tweet from someone who's it's brand true. new to the game mm-hmm. so if you are brand new to the game or if you've been playing uh, you started playing when seasons got out there and you've only gone through adventure mode and you've never done the story mode this is going to have some spoilers about the story mode and about events yes. in the story so if you'd like to skip ahead a little bit um, then you know that will prevent you from hearing any spoilers I know the game's been out for a couple of years, but there's always somebody <laughs> new, and I don't want to ruin it for anyone accidentally. So here is your warning sign. You know, here there be spoilers, and, and off we go. In, indeed. And, I mean, it's awesome that a game like this still continues to get new people to begin with. So I, that, that's, I have no problem with having a spoiler warning there at all whatsoever. Uh, to, to my point, though... Net wasn't a big fan of how they treated Deckard Kane and his untimely demise, uh, but moving forward to Reaper of Souls, I think the thing that frustrated me the most about the story of Reaper of Souls was the way it ended, which felt rather anticlimactic in that uh, you defeat Malthael, who had the, the Black Soul Stone, and as a result of uh, fighting Malthael, he shattered the Black Soul Stone take, to take the power into it, as a result of that, all the demon souls that were trapped within the Soul Stone got out, so all the prime evils, Diablo, Bale, Mephisto, and Dariel, all the lesser evils too, are out there, and it's as if a big reset button in a way was pressed on the, the state of the the, con- the internal conflict, as it were. And the ending cinematic just didn't even talk about that as much. I felt that that's a big deal. Hey, all these evils are now let loose back into the world but here the cinematics talking about like oh the nephilim had such power to defeat mouth ale but mm-hmm. what if you what if you might be corrupt i'm like you know what screw you i just saved the world <laughs> yeah i kind of right, have right. to agree I with just you saved the world. i felt the same way a little bit bummed i thought there'd be something different you know i I remember before it came out, a lot of us were talking that were talking about lore. Really had our ideas of what it's gonna, what the, where the story is gonna go. And I don't think anybody I talked to thought it was gonna go where it went. You know. Well, I, when Diablo three was first being hyped, when it was first being talked about, Chris Metzen was talking about it, and I, I actually did a little look, uh, research at this as like interviews that Metzen had, and uh, Metzen had said that that this was going to bring, uh, in a way, a sense of finality to this era of the Diablo story. So I thought that, like, oh, wow, that we're, we're going to see some really big major stuff. There's, like, going to be big, big ramifications. And, you know, of course, we have the end of the world happening. And if, if you think about it, throughout the course of Reaper of Souls, uh, even though it's not really made that clear if you just go through it without talking to people and looking at lore books and stuff like that, but in the course of Reaper of Souls, the great majority of humans left on the planet got wiped out by the Reapers, thanks to the Mouth Ale using the Black Soulstone and all that. 
But uh, my point being that in, instead of getting what I thought was going to be this kind of ultimate resolution, similar to uh, StarCraft II's resolution felt a lot more like it closed up a lot of loose ends and stuff like that, if any of you played StarCraft II. But this one felt like it was leaving the door open. And I thought that, well, that's okay. This is just leaving the door open for a second Diablo III expansion. However... Over the course of the past several months, I've noticed that we keep getting new content patches and updates and stuff like that. We haven't heard talk about a second expansion. There was nothing announced at BlizzCon. And I'm beginning to feel that I think we have basically reached the end of the Diablo 3 story. Whereas in the past, I was thinking that, you know, there's still one more piece to be told. Uh, what happens after the Soulstone is shattered? But... Looking back at the the interviews and stuff, I kind of realized something. The shattering of the Black Soul Stone at the end, when you defeat Malthiel, although it wasn't as flashy and grand and as talked about, it's kind of similar to the end of Diablo 2, in which uh, Tyrael basically shatters the World Stone. That was a big deal. Shattering the World Stone had big, huge implications on Sanctuary, which we didn't find out about for 12 years. Of course, the implications of that is shattering the World Stone is what led to uh, the rise of the Nephilim. So now the shattering of the Black Soul Stone and the releasing of the Lesser and Primevals back into the world, what that's doing, I think, is not one... This isn't the step before the final part of Diablo 3. This is the conclusion of the evils getting back out into the world and if we do see another Diablo product, I think it's going to be a Diablo 4 uh, or something in which you're talking about, like a new era in which all of the evils are, are back on Sanctuary and stuff. And basically, uh, humanity's been wiped out to a fragment of itself thanks to everything that happened during the whole Reapers event with Malthael. So now, how does humanity stand up against the lesser and prime evils when they've been reduced to a fraction of what they were before? On uh, Twitter, I had asked people uh, earlier today how they felt about the conclusion of the main storyline of Diablo III Reaper of Souls and got some interesting responses. Some people were like, uh, you know, they felt like it could have had more and stuff. But the surprising thing is uh, uh, 78 people answered to this, so it's not the most scientific poll in the world. But uh, a little over 50% felt that the conclusion of Reaper of Souls was average. 17% said it was above average, and 22% it said it was below average, with 8% having, you know, other thoughts to give and such. And I found that actually very surprising. It's actually a very different result than I expected, but that's because coming from my perspective, I thought that the conclusion was awful, whereas through just this sampling of people, it feels like for a great majority of people playing the game, the conclusion wasn't necessarily the the be-all and end-all. If it ended like this, then so be it. Uh, how do you two feel about just, like, the conclusion of Reaper of Souls and the state of things? And do you think, now that's been so long since we've actually heard any word about what's next for Diablo and we're getting these content patches with stuff like Grey Hollow Island and all that, uh, where do you think the game is going as far as its direction goes? I think with um, the way it ended where all of the 
greater evils and lesser evils are, you know, back out into the uh, the Diablo universe, so to speak. Um, I kind of felt like that was setting it up for another expansion, you know, mm. because then you'd have, like, boss fights again. You know, how would you explain, well, we killed everybody last time, why are we killing them again? You know, they'd be back. Um, yeah. So I thought that was setting it up to allow for gameplay in an expansion, which we haven't seen yet, as you said. Um, but the other problem with that is, you know, like, on, on the one hand, it is kind of the cycle of the story of Diablo, where you have this eternal conflict, angels and demons constantly fighting each other, and now the Nephilim involved. But what they've done, essentially, with this is they've released, you know, all of the big bads on, you know, the, the burning hell side of the equation, but we're still kind of limited with the... Uh, yeah, with the angel side of things, because like Tyriel's immortal, Malthiel's dead. Nobody's replaced those two positions. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, the high Tyriel's actually replaced Malthiel, but now no one's replaced Tyriel yet. And right, how but see, I the always other thing that though, they're gonna bring Kane back up to replace Tyriel. See, that's how I thought. See, there's there's so many problems with that though, as far as the lore goes, because like, okay, so Malthiel disappeared, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's right. just. Uh, like, okay, Malthiel disappears. We know what happened with the whole storyline. We've killed Malthiel. He's not coming back. Tyriel becomes the uh, angel, uh, archangel of uh, wisdom. wisdom. I think yeah. that's what Malthiel was. Yep. Okay, yep. so we've got that shifted over. We don't have anybody in the archangel of justice position. Now, as far as the current, you know, the, the lore of Diablo goes, um, what's supposed to happen with the angels is, you know, they're born from the crystal arch. Okay, and they're like they're they're kind of, you know, they're a sound wave and they're a, a beam of light combined, and they they kind of have a physical body, but not like Tyrael now does as a mortal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you've got a couple of problems here because what's supposed to happen is when one of the uh, the archangel, uh, you know, on the Angiris Council essentially dies, um, another, you know, that that beam of light and that, you know. Uh, sound wave or whatever is supposed to come to be reborn in another angel that is the archangel of whatever that one was you know like their replacement appears it's not necessarily the same as when you kill diablo and he just comes back you know yeah. um it could be a new a new archangel but uh, you know a different personality and all of that but embodying that particular you know uh, aspect of anu to get really deep into lore but um that hasn't happened Okay, so part of the problem is like, okay, so Malthiel's dead. We know that there should be another archangel coming up to take his place as the archangel of wisdom. But now you've got Tyriel kind of in that position, but Tyriel's immortal now. He's not, you know, he's become mortal. So his essence, you know, Tyriel didn't die. So the archangel of justice isn't waiting for a replacement necessarily because it's probably still tied into Tyriel as we know now. Well, what I'm running so is that's when kind Tyrael, of a problem. when Tyrael <laughs> did the sacrilege to become human, and mm -hmm. now that he's taking the place back as wisdom, is he gonna like turn back into an angel and become immortal again once he's you know stepped on that throne, and then there'll be a new justice, or is he gonna be a See, human, I don't know. a human version of wisdom, you know? I think he's kind of going to be the second one because um, if uh, the the book uh, Storm of Light is that the right title mm -hmm. Kenyon wrote? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That kind of explains from you know Tyrell's point of view just how hard it is to try to be an archangel when you're mortal. You mm -hmm. know, 
and like there's no food up there there's no bathrooms he doesn't have a bed you know he's aging he's got aches and pains you Mm -hmm. know this kind of thing um i don't think he can i mean he can't keep this up forever if he's mortal he's eventually going to die Mm -hmm. so then you'll have two down and no replacement why is there no replacement you know I mean, that's kind of a problem, and that's also why I don't think the lore will fit to bring Deckard Cain back in, mm-hmm. you know, as an archangel, because he wasn't from the arch to begin with. And maybe right. I just think about these things way too much, but... Um, right. Well, no, that know. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the kind of a problem. So, one of the things do I you was... Think that, do you think that questions like that are something that we could see answered in, like patch content because those are relatively smaller points and not necessarily points that are like part of a main storyline but there's there's mm-hmm. still loose ends that could be deserved to be closed up i i mean i feel like the whole leah thing should have That's another a bit problem. more resolution as well but I, I just i feel like i don't feel like we're going to see another expansion i do feel like there are still a bunch of loose ends that could deserve to be closed up in like more patch content but from what we've seen from patch content so far the patch content is more new environments and more atmosphere and not as much driving the narrative forward right mm-hmm. so this is where i'm a little torn okay when Diablo first came out i heard a lot of things were or three that there was supposed to originally be Diablo 3 plus two expansions and i heard that right, right because from that them. whole blizzard thing right right from blizzard okay and then like it feels like Diablo Reaper of Souls that that story kind of arc was meant to be there in the beginning and the reason a lot of people to what I get a reason a lot of people don't think there's gonna be another expansion is because of what we're getting in these patches and like what else could they do to make a full expansion now I still think there's plenty of room to make a full expansion one you got more characters you got another act plenty of story and um, you don't really there's plenty plenty of stuff that could be added into the game i don't want it to be like overkill we still don't have rune words but there's <laughs> i mean that's one thing but we still don't have uh, certain things that they wanted to have in the game i know um PvP. i'll bring up the big one <laughs> pvp i don't i honestly yeah. don't care about that but that's something they could do um but really, to make an expansion, uh, I mean, a four-dollar expansion can, could literally be another act and another character or class. That's really all they need to do, and then the big storyline, uh, which would, to me, if there's going to do that, that'll be it for three, and that'll be like a slight uh, story t- type of thing to finish off and then move into the other four. See, a lot of people think because, oh, all this stuff we've gotten it's just going to go directly to Diablo 4 just because it wasn't announced yet. Well, I think via timeline, we've passed about when the next expansion should be available. But, you know, I don't know. When it comes to Diablo, they're still doing what they want to do. And when it comes to Blizzard, I never put anything aside. I mean, it's they'll announce it when they're announcing it. It's ready. I never expected Blizzard or BlizzCon to have an announcement. Um, I, I thought maybe at one of those uh, invitationals or something before. But... I don't know. I, I think if we don't hear something by June of this year or the end of June, July, then it's definitely not going to happen. But I think it's still possible hmm. to have an, an expansion happen yet. And then possibly well, that's what we'll be talking about next year. And something will come out early next May. If not, then we're not going to have anything until Diablo 3 is done for like another year or two. And then we'll hear about Diablo 4. But 
don't know what it... I definitely don't think that the franchise is going to be ignored, simply because if you look at Diablo, uh, not only from, like, a perspective of it's a franchise that, that Blizzard cares about, but even from a business perspective, yeah, Diablo say... 3 is one of the best-selling games of all I say, it time. It actually became the... It did become the highest-selling game of all time, didn't mm-hmm. it? I know for PC. I, so, yeah. I think it, I don't know if it went cross. For PC, yeah, yes. for PC. Let's say because I'm pretty sure cross-platform, like Call of Cross Duty platform, or something, it's, still. Well, the Mario games and right. uh, a few other titles uh, mm-hmm. outbeat it still. But yeah, as far as PC goes, it's the best-selling PC game of all time. So it's definitely a franchise that Blizzard isn't just going to uh, lock up in the closet and throw away well, the, the key shareholders after, are going to want more. Even, you think, right? You know, sure. Probably, the, the share- yeah. Yeah, the shareholders would like to see them do more with uh, with the Diablo franchise. That's for sure. I don't know if it's go- if the next step's going to be Diablo Four or a Diablo Three expansion. And I have no idea how long it's going to take. You know, uh, the, I, I do know. Sorry, I was, I'm sorry. I was going to say with the world of Diablo, I don't. You know what? I personally want. I don't care if no one else thinks it's a good idea, but I personally think uh, the Diablo expansion is what I'd like to see for this to keep it in this style of gameplay still. And because of the world it is, and the areas that there are, and the coolness of Sanctuary, and all this stuff that happened, I would. I. I still, I'd love to see a Diablo MMO, like World of Diablo. I think it'd be awesome. I think there's tons of uh, ability to do it, you know, and that's what I would like to see. I, I'd like to have them kind of get rid of this style and put Diablo into a big MMO because I think it'd be freaking awesome, you know. And I hear the Scovo Siles are a dangerous place, yeah, Lantonia. I, I, I wouldn't even <laughs> mind. Uh, I think it'd be cool to do a Diablo on, now that all the evil is out. Uh, we've been fighting for the side of good and killing Diablo so many times that I wouldn't mind being on the side of evil. You know, I, I'd love well, to be... Well, we killed Malteal. I mean, we killed, you know, a renegade angel. We killed one on that side. Right. You well, know? I mean, but renegade, I mean, Wow, though, what if in know? the expansion you could be one of the last Reapers? Like, what one of the Reapers that were... that. Uh, I mean, Malteal may have been taken out, but what if Reapers were a playable class? That'd be kind yeah. of different. That would be different. Would it play like a Death Knight in WoW? I wonder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but I guess it's for them to figure out. But you know, thinking about this, if they did an expansion, like if the idea is okay, we've left the storyline where all of the you know the greater evils and all the lesser evils they're free, they're out there somewhere doing whatever they want to do. Um, I don't know that it would be feasible to stick all of those boss fights into an expansion. Like yeah, all crammed definitely. one on top of the other. That's like seven bosses to fight, you know? If we have an expansion, so, we're I not going to put it all together. It's not like we're going to go fight Diablo a second time. I feel, I feel like if we had a second expansion, I feel like it'd have nothing to do with the fate of the lesser prime evils and more with the fate of the high heavens. Right, I was going to say, I think we're going to have something to do with... Uh, it would have something since you know how they ended Reaper Souls with talking about the F Nephilim becoming evil. I think it's gonna have something right. to do with like uh, Imperius wanting to destroy the Nephilim. And I think Imperius would be like the the like main the antagonist, right? And we're gonna have. He's to never just... liked the Nephilim. There's a long history of Imperius just wanting to end all of the Nephilim mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah, I could see more of that. Very long history. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
lots of lots to think of you know there's just so many different options and ways but uh one thing i never actually answered your question though Ro, is that i yeah i i think it could have ended i i would have probably voted not 100 percent satisfied with the end but i didn't even want uh, when it when i heard there was going to be an expansion before like you know Athel was announced and there was a trailer it was like i never wanted there to to be about like Mathel or something out you know i, I was because you know i'm fanboy of the old game i was hoping for like bail mephisto's type of stuff you know <laughs> so yeah you know, <laughs> yeah yeah nostalgia yeah. and stuff like that or uh, you know whatever all i know well, I is back in, 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 in 2013 stuff. i i asked um What's this? Uh, our, who's our director? I, Mascara. Um, Josh. Josh, Josh Mascara. Yeah. yeah. And I asked him, I go, okay, obviously I'm a huge fanboy. Everybody knows, probably knows that I, I love Mephisto. Right? So I said, just on a, like a fanboyism thing, would I ever see Mephisto in the game? And he said, his answer was, don't worry, you'll be satisfied. Like he'd already known for sure it would be in. And, like, my ideas of being in would be either as a Rift boss, which I really wish they'd change Rift bosses and add, like, you know, and Dario, Diriel, Mephisto, Bale, put all them at Rift bosses instead of copying, um, making dupes of other characters and calling them something else. I don't like that. Um, So, that'd be such an easy way to put it in. But, I don't know, like, I feel like there's still more story for this doesn't feel like it's done i feel like they they had uh, they probably like you kind of feel like the reason they said there was gonna be two expansions beginning was to tell the shareholders yeah we have two expansions you know so they're probably wondering where that is or because yeah it's still i think the album's still selling and everything like that just fine obviously we got someone a new tweeter that just told us he bought something so um kind of wondering like on the shareholders what they're expecting next for monetization and coming out in these next few quarters and everything what's going to be since i mean obviously yeah they did probably lose money when they dropped the uh auction house and stuff too but there is a lot of ways i think they could monetize this game but they just don't because they don't want people to be selling and buying like i still wish you could buy like if you wanted to buy like crafting mats and stuff you know well, if you consider that Legion for World of Warcraft will be out, uh, Overwatch will be out, Hearthstone will probably announce, you know, their their end-of-year adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, StarCraft 2 is pretty much doing their smaller content, but basically, as far as franchises go, if they want to line up a time for a big Diablo announcement, this year's BlizzCon is probably the best window of opportunity that Diablo's had in a few years. I kind of feel the same way noise. that this year will be a little bit more Diablo-centric. So, so there was what, one panel last year? Yeah. yeah. Maybe there'll be yeah. two or three. Right. I'd love it to be a lot Diablo-centric. If I know BlizzCon's going to be Diablo-centric, I'm going to go no matter how I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it would be Diablo-centric, but I, I feel, with, I feel yeah. like... I, I feel like if they are planning to come out with new Diablo content that the best time to talk about it, if they were to talk about it this year at all, would be BlizzCon. Because everything else will already pretty much be doing its own thing. So, uh, if there was ever a time to say what's new for something, it would be to hype up Diablo at BlizzCon. Yeah, I mean, just, the only thing that makes me not think of BlizzCon is that all the other ones, have all the other announcements so far, uh, Reaper Souls and Diablo 3 have been 
outside places. I mean, World, uh, the Worldwide Invitational for Diablo 3, and uh, what was, was it? Gamescom. Gamescom? Yeah, mm-hmm. Gamescom yeah. for Reaper of Souls. So they obviously haven't been using BlizzCon for a Diablo game. Right. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's something to think about, but... Um... Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out. Anybody listening today that wants to chime in on this little conversation, you know, send us a tweet or uh, an email about what you thought of the storyline. Why don't we use that for the question of the show or something? Let's do that. Yeah, I didn't write one, so I guess we're writing one now. So let's see. The question will be... um, How how did you feel about the conclusion of Reaper of Souls? Yeah, that's what we'll do. (laughs) Let me type that in really quick here. Okay, so we'll have that as our uh, official question for the next show, and we'll see if anybody's got uh, something to say other than what we've covered, or in addition to what we've covered, yeah, or, you know, agreeing with I feel like whatever. we've already asked if people think there would be an expansion, yes or no, and we've kind of covered that, but not in this way of, like, you know... It's, it's, I don't... I feel like last time we asked if there would be an expansion, it was just kind of like, will it be an expansion this year, or, or, at, or at BlizzCon, or this or that... I'm just wondering how many people still do think. If you guys want to add anything to that part of the question on your tweets, if you think that uh, Diablo 3 will be done based on the conclusion of uh, Reaper Souls, if Diablo 3 will be done uh, with this expansion or it has to have another one to feel satisfied. Like I said, originally I was thinking there has to be another expansion. Now I've kind of reached a point where I think... I would love to see another expansion. Same, but it but can go either way. It, but, but it, yeah, but if the next thing happens to be Diablo 4 and not Diablo 3 Expansion 2, that's fine. Yeah, it's um, lots of possibilities out there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so I'm going to go over a couple of little links that I've thrown into the show that I thought were interesting this week. Uh, the first thing to be aware of, if you've used the Season Rebirth, where you took a seasonal character that you made in a previous season and started that character over this season, um, the Diablo account has tweeted that we are now one month into Season 5, and they tweeted that out on February 15th. So one month into Season 5 means you've passed the 30-day mark to get your re- Season Rebirth character's gear out of your mail. So, um, if you haven't done that yet, it's gone, guys. Sorry. <laughs> you know? Rip. Yeah. Poof. Gone. Um, yeah. yeah. I think anybody who wanted it got it by now. I hope so. I mean, it's easy to lose track, you know, mm-hmm. of how long. So, there's there's that just real quick. Um, and then, I'm just going to briefly touch on, I found a couple of uh, different uh, different things for people to look at. Diablo fans has a highlight of two Witch Doctor builds. So, if you're playing a Witch Doctor, you might want to check those out. Um, one of them is for is called Sacrificial Zombies for T10, and the other one is uh, a farming comprehensive guide kind of thing to do. So, if you're, if you're playing a Witch Doctor, there's some new stuff there. And I also added in really quick, um, Diablo fans has a guide called Set Dungeons Monk Sun Woko Set. Guess why I looked at that, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, um, and I found some of it helpful, and I'll have to like really look at it a little more to probably get where I need to go. So I figured I'd throw the link in there in case anybody else is suffering with that dungeon like I am. Um, so that's just you know some of the things. But we also have in here.
there, Reddit Diablo has posted a discussion fairly recently, uh, and it was titled, What is, in your opinion, the most broken thing in Diablo 3, and why is it so game-breaking? And, uh, you know, other than the storyline we've been playing with, um, some of the things that they came up with included botting and stash management. And I was wondering if um, either of you guys had anything you wanted to add about those two topics. I will go ahead. I will say when it comes to botting, botting does not affect me simply because I don't really focus my game experience on leaderboard play. Uh, that said, for those who do care about the leaderboards, I absolutely understand how botting can be an issue and can affect uh, that player's enjoyment of the game when they're trying so hard to do things the legit way, only to find botters are getting themselves up on the leaderboards using uh, methods that are definitely frowned upon, if not outright against terms of service. Uh, for me personally, though, it doesn't affect me a lot. Stash management... Considering that I'm on a seasonal character right now, and even with this, what, sixth stash tab, I'm now starting to run into a spot where I see, like, it's not as much that I don't have enough space, but it's that it the time that it takes to keep things nice and orderly and organized uh, continues to get longer and longer, and I, I don't know... I don't know if there's a solution to make it more efficient to keep things all sorted. I think with me, um, as far as stash management, I know when I get to the end of the season, I'm just like cringing, going, where am I going to put all this stuff? You know, right. <laughs> what am I going to do? What do I want to save? But I think one solution is to just stick all that stuff into the, um, into the cube. You know, canise cube, throw it all in there then you can still sort of get the benefit of it without having it sit in your stash and take up space. The only uh, problem with that is if you actually wanted one of your characters to wear that armor for some reason, you know? But there's just so much stuff in the game. Like, you can't, like, I don't know. I'm constantly running into the problem of running out of room in my stash. I wish I could Knize Cube a full set bonus. (laughs) Yeah, Oh, that would be great. Yeah. They could I've do thought, like another recipe that might do that, you know. Yeah, I've thought about that too. Uh, when it, when it comes to me, when it comes to botting, uh, first I have to one hundred percent agree with uh, Road where it doesn't really affect me because I'm not on a leaderboard chaser. But on the other side or other side of the argument, I absolutely hate cheaters. And if you need to cheat to play the game, why do it? Because you're not getting anywhere. You're not special. You're not on the leaderboard your computer program is so how that at all affects your bragging rights or makes you feel cool about yourself you really need to take time to think about your you know your what do you call it your you know your prospects in life and what what means something to you like what's the point you're not doing well I never understood cheat codes i never understood people <laughs> who buy it. it's just like even I've had arguments with my son when he was younger. Like, he plays a game, tells me how he conquered it, beat it, and blah, blah, blah. And then I find out he used cheat codes, like, in Grand Theft Auto or something. I'm just like, I don't care, you know? But when it comes to stash management, I personally am not a hoarder of items. So I have no problem with how it is right now. I can understand people who like to pick up stuff and save stuff. But, I mean, how much stuff do you need, you know? And... I mean, I understand. I guess if you make every character each season, you could easily run out. Mm-hmm. And I guess one way to be, I don't know if this will work, but just make every, instead of having the shared stash, make everybody have their own stash 
and then what we do is for like uh, transferring and stuff have uh, another stash uh, like that's right next to it that is shared like first of all well well you could torch just light, torch light torchlight 2 uh, which is a very popular indie dungeon crawler. Uh, Torchlight 2 handles it by having a stared, uh, stared sash. <laughs> a shared stash. Uh-huh. They, they handle it by having a shared stash for all your characters, and then there's a separate stash that is for the character you're playing. Right. Uh, I, I definitely think that Diablo 3 could benefit from having character-specific stashes and then a shared stash. Right, that's what I was just saying. I think there should just be two stat, two you know chests next to each other. The one is uh, you know however many tabs is uh, applicable, and then uh, the regular stash like you always get with your six tabs or whatever is for each class or each character. And then if you need to put stuff between uh, people, you just throw it in your shared area and you you know you transfer it that way. And how about this? How about this? I got an idea. It, they're always looking for ways to promote seasonal play and to make it more attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if each season, uh, each season they kind of put the spotlight on one of the classes? So it might make the meta a little weird as far as leveling seasonal characters, but what if, say, in Season 6, they say, we are going to make a monk-specific stash available if you take Monk to level 70 and hit X achievement. Now, I don't know if that would necessarily be the right way to approach it, but I, I think making those character-specific stashes unlocked through seasonal play would definitely be the right way to do it. Maybe not one character at a time per season, because then other people would complain, but I think having character-specific stashes unlocked through seasonal play is definitely a direction they could go. I think that's a good plan, because you can pretty much get a character... If you play softcore, you can get a character to 70 in a season. You can mm-hmm. die a whole bunch of times... That's what I'm doing this season, but, um, <laughs> you know, and you can still, you know, achieve that goal of hitting 70. It would depend on, like, what that extra, you know, objective was, you know, that they'd have to complete. Is, is that something that's going to be achievable for someone who, say, never has played that class or doesn't really like that class? You know what I mean? Yeah. But in addition, like, if, okay, like you were saying, let's say, you know, season six, they say, okay, play a monk, get him to 70, you get an extra stash if you do this other thing, whatever that may be. Um, I think even people who, like, don't really play a monk or aren't really interested in a monk might want that extra stash space anyway. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it could be appealing anyhow. And if they switched so that they eventually got to all the classes and just rotated, you know, kind of like they're rotating the uh, the transmog set, as I call it. You know, you can, one thing that yeah. one thing to think about though is with the current number of classes, it would take if each season lasts three months, it would take a year and a half to get through them all. Yeah. <laughs> but there's people that'll play them all. Like, I play all the classes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, like, I'm definitely not someone who's on the leaderboards. Let's put it that way. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I play all the classes, and I'm trying to get two of each, you know. And uh, so far, I don't know. At some point, I'm going to run out of space and all that. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that play more than one class that would at least, you know, jump into the season just for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I know. I've, pre- I've played every class and gotten every class max leveled and checked them out at, you know, most I, since Rebirth Souls, I haven't. But like back in the original Diablo three, I I got every class to level sixty when it was only sixty and checked them all out, you know, to see which one I would like the most. And now I just kind of play the one my my favorite couple, which are pretty much Witch Doctor and Crusader. And 
I just keep on playing those and playing those because when I try to play another one, it can be fun to get up to 70, but then after I'm there, I'm just kind of like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think everybody, like, I think a lot of people have a favorite class. Like, even if we, you know, if talking about World of Warcraft. Wizard. Yeah. yeah. See, there are people that like... your style of gameplay. Right. It's what you like to do. And I'm just kind of, I don't know, I see fun things in all of the classes. So I haven't found one yet where I'm like, nope, I'm totally bored. So Yeah, I mean, I can have a blast, like I was saying, with every class, but only for so long. I want to go back to what I, if for my long-term enjoyment, I want to go back to, you know, Crusader, Witch Doctor. But when I leveled up a Demon Hunter, a Wizard, whatever, I did have fun playing it for a little while, just for something new. But then I didn't want to, like, keep going with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could see that as well, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the only other thing that I threw into the show notes is a video from Leviathan, and it's a parody song video called What Do the Cows Say that he actually, I think, used in uh, Westmarch <laughs> Workshop, uh, the song parody in the show a long time ago. But he just posted the video this week, and it's pretty funny. So um, it has to do with the cow level, you know? Yeah. I'm, so I'm just just by the name of it, I could find it amusing because I'm guessing it's you know what the fox say. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> so just check it's, it out. It's it's short. It's funny, and I think that's all I have uh, thrown into the show notes for this week. I think so, that's the right though because we're at like two and a half hours. We are. Here. So that's a pretty so. good amount. It's a lot better than me doing half an hour last week. You know. <laughs> so. Um, all right. So unless anyone has anything else they want to add, I'm going to close out the show. No, go ahead and close it out. Everybody knows for other media that I played some Hearthstone, but nothing really excited happened, so (laughs) that's about it for now. (laughs) Yeah, and I I just want to say thanks for having me on uh, for this week. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Well, thanks for coming in. It's it's been good, and we'll definitely, you know, call you up again if we need, you know? Yeah, if you're interested, we might have uh, some, you know be able to have you on a few more times who knows what the future holds yep. right right so i mean i think this went pretty well and you know we could do this again sometime i don't always yep. i think you're the first guest i've actually brought into the show so that's kind of new for me um yes. and, it, and it went pretty good all right yeah. so i'm going to close out the show um so you have been listening to episode 112 112 of the shattered soul stone your diablo community podcast missed an episode you can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at shatteredsoulstone.com and i know some people do find our show and then go back and listen to all of the archives which i'm always impressed when i hear someone say that because it's a lot 112 shows uh want to join us in game you can join our in-game community aptly named shattered soulstone feel free to post short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in game this show is powered by you the listener send in your contributions thoughts questions and feedback to show at shatteredsoulstone.com we love twitter so come and join and tweet with us you can find the show twitter at shattered stone you can find lantonio at lantonio uh i'm at queen of haiku brazia is at the underscore brazia and ro do you want to give out where they can find you on twitter uh, you can find me on Twitter at RoWow, which is R-H-O-W-O-W. And if you want to check out the Realm Maintenance Podcast, you can follow that on Twitter at Realm Podcast. Okay, so we'd also like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at thedawnforge.com, including all things Azeroth, which Roe was a part of in the past. Thank you all Indeed. for listening, and uh, until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, keep on trying to get through that frustrating set dungeon. Dungeon failed. 
Thanks for listening to this presentation of Dawnforge Productions, copyright 2016. Find us online at thedawnforge.com.